You're listening to the Zinger Nation Power Hour, where we give you the rundown on the hottest trades and stock ideas. For the best experience and most up-to-date information, tune in live on the Benzinga YouTube channel weekdays at noon. Thanks, and enjoy the show. The man, the myth, the legend, Tom Nash. Peter Schiff on the Power Hour with us live today. Interesting, different, unique, innovative companies. Mia, you are live with us on the Power Hour. What's up? Thank you so much for inviting me on. Jessica Billingley is the CEO of Aperna. The best trade idea resource out there. All right, all right. What's up, guys? Happy, what is this, Wednesday, hump day. How can I forget that it is hump day? We are back, baby. If I can say one thing, it is that we are back at it. Damn, the market is flying. GameStop is flying. GameStop 330. Uh, and we're bringing Rod Alsman back. Rod Alsman, the, the face behind, the face in front of, I don't know what the right phrase is. But but the, the GMEDD.com guy, GME, GameStop, DD due diligence.com that's him he's coming back because the thing is ripping roaring again as producer ab said right before the show we are 110 percent back um so so stuff we're gonna cover today of course we're gonna do some GameStop. uh i'm, I'm gonna recap uh uh josh jonah lupton's uh celsius uh thesis into their earnings tomorrow uh, I'm going to throw a new idea out there on banks. I'm long Bank of America right now, have been for several weeks. I'm going to talk about some of the bank stocks and, and some opportunity there. Uh, we're going to do an example of a covered call. I'm going to sell a, live, a covered call live in the portfolio, talk about why I'm selling the covered call. We're going to talk Roblox, and then maybe, just maybe, we'll have time to get to P.E. ratio and why I think P.E. ratio is the most useless metric out there, and, and we can go to battle on that one. Uh, 12.30, uh, Conor O'Brien, CEO of O-Shares. O-Shares, that's Kevin O'Leary's, Mr. Wonderful's uh, ETF company. He's going to be joining the show. One o'clock ET, Rod Ellsman, again, the, the face behind, in front of, whatever the right phrase is, of, of GMEDD.com is coming on the show, uh, possibly bringing a, a, a whole crew um, you know, from, from, from the squad, uh, the, you know, the, the whole bet squad through for us. Uh, and then the CEO of charge enterprises, public company CEO joining us at one thirty ET today. And, and of course uh, I've got my co-host here with me, M- Mr. Drew Levine. What's up, man? How we do it. <clears throat> We're doing good. You, you, we lost you a little bit here. Give, give us an audio test. Can you hear me? Is, yep, is the Wi-Fi yep. shit? It, yeah, it's not great. Where are you? You look like you're in some dirty place. It's very dark. It's my apartment. Oh, okay. It's a little All dark right. in here. All right. Well, well, I appreciate you coming on to hang out with us. Uh, I just ran through the agenda again. Exciting today. Rod Elsman, GMEDD.com coming on one o'clock Eastern. We're going to talk about some other stocks before that. Um, but but without further ado, guys, I'll remind you what the point of the show is, which is to be the trade idea resource. That's what we're going for, right? We want this to be uh, a better trade idea show than anything out there. If we're not delivering, call us out. Uh, I'll be writing down all the ideas as they flow today, all the stock ideas, and, and dropping them in there, guys. Smash the like. And, of course, we are going to have some gimmicks today, too. Maybe we'll do some Benzinga Pro giveaways. We are, are going to do an update on our chat challenge where Zinger Nation is going head-to-head. Um, what's up, Spencer's Real? 
Spencer Israel say no pro giveaways. You know what I say to Spencer Israel? Hold on. No pro giveaways. It was at this moment that he knew he fucked up. That's the problem with Spencer Israel right there. Boom. All right. So, 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 so that's the deal, guys. Let's dive into this. Uh, first things first, I, I, I'm going to throw a bounty out there to the group. Uh, I'm going to defy Spencer Israel, and I'm going to say Benzinga Pro giveaway right now. Um, Benzinga.com slash options. All right, check this out. Add to stream as you see my screen. All right, guys, we, we, we have this new unusual options activity page on Benzinga.com. Ch check it out. It's Benzinga.com slash options. I'm going to drop the link in the chat there um, so, so, so you can check this out. What I want is feedback on this. We want this to be the best options page on the internet. That's what we're going for, right? I, I've spent a lot of energy working on this page over the past couple months. Uh, new things that we've added. We recently cleared out all the ETFs and big tickers, right? It used to just be a ton of spy options, okay? That gets boring after a while. Um, but, but now you've got all your individual stocks. We also added a bullish bearish sentiment here, uh, whether or not the options trade that went through was bullish or bearish. And again, these are all unusual options trades that have taken place on the market. When we say unusual, what we mean by that is it was a massive size or the strike price was way above where the stock is currently trading at uh, a day after earnings, you know, so, something along those lines. So, so again, Benzinga.com slash options link, dropping it in the chat now. Hold on. There we go. There we go. Um, and so, so here's the deal, guys. Uh, uh, email powerhour at benzinga.com. That's powerhour at benzinga.com with how we can make this page more useful for you guys. Um, if Whoever does that, we're going to pick one random winner, and they're going to get a Benzinga Pro. Spencer Israel is shaking his head right now. I, I see him. He's giving me menacing eyes. But but that's the Here, Spencer, come here. All right, I'm I'm calling him on to defend himself. Um, Spencer, why 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 can't we do Benzinga Pro giveaways anymore? That, that's what I don't understand. Uh, the the pro sales team is mad at us for giving away too much Benzinga Pro. Okay. That that's the answer. All right, do, we don't care, so we're gonna keep doing it. Um, so so benzinga.com/slash options, guys. Link is in the chat again. We want this to be the most useful options page on the internet. Calling out, giving you guys trade ideas, uh, spotting where there's some opportunity in the options market. So go ahead, power hour at Benzinga.com. Give us the feedback on that. Some lucky winner is going to get a Benzinga Pro, even if the sales team is mad at us. So, so all right, that, that, there's my housekeeping. There's my ask for you guys. Now for the next 90 minutes, we are in your mercy. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're going to be dishing out several ideas throughout the course of the next 90 minutes. That's my ask to you. But Drew, first things first, GameStop. Still ripping five day chart here on the screen. Where, where are you at with this one? Yeah, I have not been following the second rip too much here. I know it's been picking up a lot of people talking about it. Pretty wild stuff, right? Not in the news as much as it was obviously when it first ripped, but this thing looks just as strong, if not stronger. So, pretty wild stuff. What's your thoughts, Luke? The chart is beautiful. So, so here, here's a one month chart. I mean, look at that. There's no stopping this thing. Anybody out there in Zinger Nation, that's, that's all you here hanging out with us every day. Anybody who wants to short this stock, please call me first. My phone number is 911. It's 911. If you want to short the stock, please dial that phone number before you do it. Uh, because you, you need some help. Never short a stock that moves like this. The thing is running. If you want to hit it on the long side, I think go ahead and hit it on the long side. But but I'm curious. I asked this one yesterday. I said, if you guys are long GameStop, 
hit the one in the chat. If you're short it, hit the two. I want to see where everybody's at. Yesterday, almost every or, – or, sorry. Long one, not in it at all, hit two. Yesterday, almost nobody was in the stock. We, we've moved another 50% since then. So so, so I'm curious where, where everybody's at on this name. Um, I mean, it, it has some serious wheels. And then again, guys, Rod Alsman, the, the guy behind GMEDD.com, that, that's the site that, that really got the intel out there on GameStop, blew up in Wall Street bets and got the thing moving. He's coming on at 1 o'clock to talk to us about the stock and the company so 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 there we go uh let's see yeah nobody's in this thing still all right somebody's buying it it's not zinger nation i don't know who's buying it maybe rod rod will convince us otherwise but but all right there's that one um all right and and then what's up with roblox mr drew so roboblox is super interesting company right wait wait wait, okay how do you say it robo Roboblox, I don't know. Roblox, it's it's definitely just Roblox. Yeah, Roblox. All right, tell us about you. Tell us about the company, (laughs) uh, and then then I'll talk about some some of this this opening we're gonna have. Yeah, so the company is kind of like Fortnite in a way, right? So they sell a lot of in-game stuff, a lot of you know, nineteen dollar Fortnite cards. You know, people like that stuff. So. They also do a lot of advertising stuff. They almost hit a billion dollars of revenue in 2020. They're really taking off. Uh, little kids love this game. It's been around for a long time. And it's just, you know, it's kind of a, a cornerstone in the gaming community. It's almost like a Minecraft, one of those games. So, you know, it, it definitely has a lot of interesting potential. One thing is, you know, around 30 users, we're not talking the people that made the game, but people that just play in the game grossed over a million dollars in revenue, right? These are basically the users. So like people in the game, they were like selling in-game items and stuff to each other and trading, and they made over a million dollars doing it 30 people like it's basically a mini economy going on it's a super interesting thing um it's pretty wild so they still are losing so, so money. is it basically like people can develop products on top of like the roblox infrastructure and create different skins or, or something along those lines yeah i believe so it's, uh you know, there's in-game trading and all that stuff Yep, and look at Jonas in the chat. They're saying nothing says cash cow like a game marketed to kids. The the only thing that I would say is more of a cash cow is a game marketed to adults, aka casinos, uh, aka online gambling. Which the online? We'll get back to Roblox in a second. The online gambling stuff freaks me out. We have it in Michigan now. I I downloaded it just to check it out. Put put it put a hundred bucks into an account. I I lost like forty five dollars playing blackjack on the toilet in like nine minutes i mean it was like it's like freaky how quick that was and i was hitting the min bet yeah it's sort of nuts but but all right so 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 as an aside i'm cautious about the social impact of online gambling but all right let's talk about the ipo the opening of the stock it's not actually an ipo it's a direct listing which means the company isn't raising any money they're just making their shares available for trade as we mentioned yesterday this stock is probably going to start trading at some point during this show so of course we're gonna have laser eyes on it laser eyes on on the roblox waiting for that ipo to open up today um so so here's the deal the 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 listing priced at forty five dollars. So so that's the price at which they established. Here's the value of the company. 
you know, we're, we're getting the, the first people are going to start trading shares. They're going to come in at 45 bucks. Okay. Uh, and, and we've got some really bullish indicators here. So, so, so check this out. We, um, we're looking in Benzinger pro and, and look at, we, we see shares indicated, shares indicated, shares indicated, shares indicated uh, all over it. Right. Basically, what that means is the work that's happening right now behind the scenes is is the market makers who are going to be covering the stock are are working to stack up buy and sell orders right on on the top and at the bottom and figure out, okay, what price is an equilibrium so we can get the stock open for trading at the equilibrium and then let it be off to the races from there. So so that's the work that's happening behind the scenes right now. Uh, the, the, The fact that you know, the, the pricing was at 45. The first indication of open was 60, then 65 then 67. And now we're at 68 to $70 as an indication. I mean, what is that? 60% higher. Let's do the math. So, so it's 55% higher than, than, than where it priced at super, super optimistic sign for early trading on this stock, right? If, if I had to hit it one way or another, I'm not going to, because the volatility is a little bit too high for me, but, but if I had to hit it one way or another, I would hit this thing long on the open because again, it shows that there's a lot of pent up demand here and, and the people who are getting in on, on this opening trade would only be doing so if they expected some sort of price appreciation and they're willing to pay 55% more than what the direct listing priced at. So what exact time is it going to open for trade? I would guess somewhere around one o'clock Eastern. Um, I don't know if you have any other opinion, Drew, but but noon noon to one thirty it seems to be when these things open. Sometimes they'll go as late as like a two thirty, uh, but but I I'm not super. I don't think it would go that late. Around one o'clock is is my best guess, and of course we'll we'll be watching it closely. Yeah, I kind of get some snowflake vibes, some J Frog vibes. You know, this thing. Oh, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna list it higher. Nope, we're gonna list it higher. You know what I mean? Like the hype is definitely there, and the fact that the listing price has already, you know, came up uh, quite a bit is a very bullish indication. But you know, as we saw with these in the past, they might pop for a minute and then the next week kind of dump off. Right? IPOs are a risky business. You know, Facebook, great company, had a terrible IPO. So, you know, IPOs in my eyes, if you're getting on the day of for a short-term game, it's very gambling. You don't know what, how this stock is traded in the past. You don't know how people are going to trade it now. So if you really like the company long-term, I know I respect you if you want to get in, hold for a little while. But, you know, if you're just trying to make a quick buck, um, it can be very hit or miss. So just be careful. Awesome. And all right, guys, if you're just joining us, I'm going to ask you to go ahead, smash that like button. What we've got coming up, I'm about to hammer two trade ideas, two stock ideas. Drew's going to hammer one idea, and then we're going to sell a, a covered call. We're in the, the live portfolio. Here it is. We look at this every single day. No, it's not a paper account. This is my real interactive broker's account. We look at it every single day together. Um, I'm going to sell a covered call in the live portfolio, talk about why I'm doing that, what stock I'm doing that on, et cetera all before 12.30 Eastern when our first guest joins us. And then 1 o'clock, 1 o'clock ET. Yeah, go Rocket. Go, baby. 42% unrealized profit so far. Uh, but 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 then at, at uh, 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 1 o'clock ET, Rod Alsman, the, the face in front of or behind. I don't know the right phrasing. Somebody tell me. Uh, GMEDD.com is going to be joining the show. But all right. Without further ado, I'm, I'm going to hit my two ideas. One minute each. Rapid fire ideas. First air horn of the day for that. There we go. 
All right, first one, ticker C-E-L-H. All right, Celsius Holdings. If you don't know Celsius, they are an energy drink company. Uh, they 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 make, you know, I, I drink this this energy drink every day on the show. They, they, they make a competing product, right? Just like any other energy drink that we see at any store. Uh, what, what I think is compelling about this uh, is that they have earnings coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow before the open, which is why I want to cover it now. Um, th- this is one that, that, that Jonah Lupton pitched on the show last week. Um, basically, here's the thesis into earnings is, is they should smoke, absolutely dominate the, the estimated revenue. So, so right now, the market has uh, uh, their revenue estimate for Celsius at $34.6 million. Last quarter, they did $36 million. And look at this growth that they've been having here. I'm going to zoom us out a little bit more. Sorry if that's too small. Here, we can do that. There we go. Check, check, check this out. Check, check out how much revenue growth Celsius has shown over these past several quarters. I mean, they, they, they've jumped from, from $16 million of revenue to $36 million of revenue in like eight quarters, seven quarters, somewhere around there. Um, and the market is only expecting them to do $34.5 million. That's less than they put up last quarter. And again, they have this amazing growth trajectory. That they since since being a public company, the last time that they reported a slowdown in revenue was let's see, 2018, uh, November of 2018. Since then, it's been off to the races where every quarter has been growth, 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 growth. So, so I think that this this earnings estimate number seems like a layup. Um, and that's why I think that this stock is compelling into earnings. I personally am not going to hit it on the long side. The reason being, I'm still a little bit concerned about the market in general, and I'm not trying to take on more risk to the portfolio. I'd like to clear some out, and that's why we're going to do this covered call example in a minute here. But but first stock that I'm going to pitch today, uh, or first I not stock I'm going to pitch because I'm not hitting it. I'm not going to make the live trade. But but idea that I'm going to throw out if somebody has a risk appetite, look at Celsius Holdings. Um, stock got hammered in the in the general downturn. The earnings estimate seems pretty easy given their growth trajectory, and again the fact that they put up more than that last quarter. So ticker C E L H there. There's one for you. Idea number two that I'm going to throw out. We haven't talked about banks in a long time. Uh, if you guys have been watching the show for, there we go, wrong one. There we go. BAC. If you guys have been watching the show for, for more than several weeks, uh, maybe about a month ago or so, let's find this Bank of America. Uh, we went long Bank of America, ticker BAC. Where is this one in here in the live portfolio? And it's been awesome for us. Here, let's sort by unrealized profit. Um, all right, flip her around. All right, where are we at? There it is. All right, Bank of America. We, we, we went long Bank of America with 35 strike January 2022 calls. As you can tell, it's been a, an awesome trade for us, right? We're, we're up about, we're up 200% on the trade. Uh, I think the thesis for banks still stands. So going back to the previous note I said about not wanting to add more risk to my portfolio right now, I, I'm, you know, we, we had some of these days where I was down, I mean, 10,000 plus in, in a, on the open, right? Doesn't feel good, not comfortable with that type of risk. And, and that's why I'm, I'm transitioning my portfolio to be more conservative. Banks are one of those more conservative plays. Uh, if the market sells off on continued interest rate concerns, let's pull up a one month chart here of Bank of America. That is good for the bank stocks, right? You see see this, this nice, beautiful price climb in Bank of America here. That That's the one that I hold. Um, while the rest of the market was dumping, again, this is a month chart here. Um, you know, if, if the rest of the market sells off on interest rate concerns, bank stocks will do well. The higher interest rates are, the more money banks can make from from their from lending activities. That's why they make most of their revenue. A lot of them are trying to get out of that because interest rates have been so low. But still, the lion's share of revenue for most banks comes from lending activities rather than other fees or, or services like investment banking. Uh, so 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 there's the the bank trade 
there. The reason why I selected that 35 strike price was check it out. It was right around the high of, of pre COVID. And, and basically what, what I suspected when we put the trade on is all right, the stock's already at, at 30 ish dollars. Um, interest rates are going to increase sometime over the next year. We have the, the, the January, 2022 calls. So, so, so there's no, if it's already at 30 interest rates go up, there's no reason why it can't cross that $35 high pre COVID. We are now officially in the money on that trade. So if anybody followed me into that one, there's a thesis there. The new idea that I'm going to throw out, so so that that's you know first half of the idea. The new one, small banks, I think are really interesting as well. I own a basket of ten small community banks in my portfolio. The person that I turn to for bank ideas for especially for small banks, Tim Melvin. Uh, let me get this up. Marketfi.com. All right, Tim Melvin, partner of Benzinga. Um, he runs this an amazing, amazing service where, where basically he he analyzes small small bank stocks. Uh, so 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 I go to him. I went to him. I said, "Hey, what what's a small bank idea that I can throw out on the show?" And he gave me ticker MSVB. That's Mike, Sandy, Victor, Bravo. So so I'm only teasing one idea again. I own a basket of, of seven of these right now. Uh, the the reason why this bank is compelling is that it's a really good takeover target by by a larger community or national player, especially as interest rates increase. Um, you know, and banks have more cash flow. They're they're going to be doing acquisitions to expand their footprint. Uh, MSVB owns a a ton of really good assets. Right, their, their default rate on their assets or their default risk on their assets is very low. The stock is trading at 85% of its tangible book value. So they literally liquidated everything today. They had no ongoing operations, no ongoing cash flow, no ongoing dividends. You'd get 85% of your money back approximately. Um, So again, second idea I'm throwing out, MSVB. So first one, Celsius. Second one, banks in general, Bank of America, one I still like, plus ticker MSVB. So those are are my two two minute ideas. Drew, what's yours? And then we're going to go on to our covered call example. Yeah, my stock is in mode. And, I oh, and am... wait, wait, hold on. I'm going to just stop you. Somebody <laughs> in the chat saying saying GME halted. Let's see. Ooh. Yep, we did. GameStop halted. All right. The breaking news: Benzinga Pro, pro.benzinga.com. Looking at it now. GameStop is in fact halted. Circuit breaker to the downside. If you don't know what a circuit breaker is, it basically means that there's too much volatility in the stock, and the exchange stops trading. It's saying market's freaking out. We got to slow this thing down. It's going way too fast. So we're so we're going to stop trading right now. Um, it, it, these are five minute halts. At least the first three of them are five minutes long each. You can see the stock was halted at twelve twenty three p.m. Eastern on the dot. So twelve twenty eight is when the stock will resume. Let's look at this price action. It's not pretty. Check check this out. It, it collapsed from three forty to three oh two. In, in in less than a minute, these are minute candles that we have here. Let's look back and see if there's any historical price context to that 340 level. Not really. And we saw how choppy. Let's if we look back in history, we saw how choppy the stock was. Uh, you know, back when it was around these levels in the past. I mean, look at how the stock is up and down $200 in a day. We 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 just had a $40 move here. Sorry, let me zoom us back to, to today. Here's a two-day chart. Um, so so 12.28, we're going to watch that one. And cost ticker K-O-S-S, also halted on the same news. I wonder if Rocket got caught in that as well. Let's look at Rocket real quick. Yeah, Rocket, 28.50 to 27. Rocket is not halted. Um, but all right, so so we'll be watching those. All right, Drew, you, you've got until 12.28 because we're going to watch this GameStop open closely. But but give us your idea while, while, while we wait for that one. All right, I'll keep it quick. My stock is in mode I N M D non. Wait, wait, ticker, ticker me again. I N M D. 
India, November, Mike, Delta. There's his ticker. And again, smash that like, guys. Share the stream, Drew. Keep going. So really interesting stuff from this company, non-invasive, almost plastic surgery, beauty surgery, whatever you want to call it. Company has been taking off, posting up pretty, pretty decent earnings, earnings growth, all that stuff. And, you know, I really like the concept they go, they're doing here. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, are into that stuff. Uh, not me, maybe Luke, I don't know. But, um, you know, they're, they're growing very solidly. If you look at the chart, very steady up to the right corner. Um, yeah, I just think all good things coming here. Very reasonable, you know. With, with Wait, what, what, what time horizon chart do you want me to look at? There we go. Okay, here's three months. Yeah, with 60% revenue growth, you know, and they do have a PE of 40, even though you said PE doesn't matter. Uh, maybe price value more about 13, not too bad. But they have insane profit margins, especially for a hardware company. Um, yeah, I really like what they're doing. And and this is somehow gaming related? This is not gaming related. This is okay. plastic, almost like plastic surgery. Oh, 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 okay. So, so it's medical. All right. So, so this, mm-hmm. I, the reason why I was asking gaming related, any gaming related stocks, we get this Roblox open and it's big. They are going to move with Roblox. Um, but wait, Robinhood, somebody in the chat saying Robinhood may be restricting trading again for GME. Totally, totally unconfirmed. What is GME um, at right now? It, 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 we're halted right now, Jason. So, so look at this chart. We just fell from from 340 to, to 302 in less than a minute. Halted on a circuit breaker to the downside. 1228 is the open here. Uh, we're watching this one closely. And, of course, Rod Alsman, the, the, the brains behind GMEDD.com, is going to be joining the show at 1 o'clock Eastern uh, to, to give us the beat. Yeah, because we, ha- we have um, O'Leary sh- uh, ETF coming on. Uh, yep. Connor O'Brien is going to be joining Con- us in a minute here. Connor O'Brien, Connor O'Brien. Yep, absolutely. And so this is crazy. Are there any uh, tertiary plays being traded right now off of uh, um, GME uh, or Roblox? GME. Yeah. So so check this out. Rocket ticker RKT. We just looked at this one. Wow. Uh, when when it, it, wow. It, it, it it's still up on the day, right? Still a, a nice green day on a huge stock like this. Uh, but when GameStop just sold off hard, that one did. Ticker KOSS. Costs also halted. Circuit. Oh, cost just reopened. Cost just reopened, right? As we, we were loading the stock. So what, all right, GameStop is, is, just opened too. Let's look at GameStop. Is, is, is Tootsie Roll gonna Holy play again? Shit. All right, here here's GameStop reopened, guys. These are one minute candles wow. that we have up on the chart. Co- cost cost up sixty six percent. Um, wow, wow, wow. Um, GameStop is gonna catch a bit at some point here, I imagine. <laughs> but I mean, we're in free fall. It's SS words. I, I I still have KMPH. I mean, that's how I do this, guys. I still have KPMH. I uh, KMPH. I sold a little bit up twenty. Look, KMPH, Luke. Um, look at that KMPH. one. Somebody saying that 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 GameStop's minutes. halted again. It's not. We're we're but we're. No, it's not halted. Spencer Israel, not halted. It's still trading. KMPH, Chem Farm, ripping. On news or on what? No news. Uh, Interesting. I mean, it, it sold off too much on, um, you know, had that FDA approval. Some short sellers have been hitting it pretty nicely. Yeah, here's um, a one month so, daily hey Luke, Hey, Luke, while we're at it, what new pages on Benzinga should these guys check out? We got the Benzinga.com slash options. We got, yeah, we, uh, yeah. you know, we don't yeah. have a central calendars page yet, but we have the ratings page. 
What yeah, else do so, we have? So we actually threw out a bounty at the top of the show where we said, uh, email us all the feedback you have on Benzinga.com slash options uh, and some winners getting a, a Benzinga Pro. So so you, you want to just hammer through a, a big list of them? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So, guess. so we have Benzinga.com slash options. Uh, and, and then we have Benzinga.com slash analyst ratings. Um, we'll let that one load. Benzinga.com slash earnings. It might be calendar in that URL string. About to see. So, so here, here's the options page. New features added to this one, guys. We, we added this bullish bearish column to make it really clear if the option story that happened is bullish or bearish. We also filtered out all the repetitive tickers because at first it was flooded with, with SPY and AAPL almost exclusively. So, so, so now you, you've got way more diversity of stocks and, and much more of a signal by taking those stocks out of it. Uh, and we also added a couple more columns in here for, for people asking for more data. Um, here's the analyst ratings page. All your analyst upgrades and downgrades for the day. You want to see all the stocks that were upgraded. Boom. Click this little upgrades button up here at the top. All the downgrades. Click this little downgrades button right here. See all the stocks that were downgraded. Um, I'll drop this one in the chat here too. How's that? You want to keep going? No, I think we can bring in the guest. But I do want to say thanks to the chat. Someone gave me this stock, MGNI. Actually, that was for my clubhouse that I hosted. MGNI. It's up 17%. Um Magnite, they do something with um, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, the connected TVs advertising stuff. I just wanted to give that one a shout out. MG, up you had it pulled up. All right, yep. let me do let and me do it. GME, our... I think, is halted again now. All right, All right let so, me do... so GME halted again. We Ooh. don't have a code. I'm guessing it's a circuit breaker, so so 1235 ish. Time to watch on that one. Lo- love the Benzinga Pro thing. Vivian just texted me. She still thinks that um, uh, KMPH will be bought out. All right. Special guest. All right. Um, there we go. Connor O'Brien, welcome to the Power Hour, man. Hey, good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you? All is great. So we got OGIG, OUSA, OEUR. Are you working from home or is that the office? What, what what do you got going right now? This is office. I was wondering if that was your wallpaper in your bedroom or something in your home. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I got that too. I got that too. Yeah. yeah um, got it. So so what's new in the markets? What's What are you guys excited about these days? Well, what are we excited about? I mean, basically... Um, what we're hearing from people is they want to go this tech pullback, you know, how uh, temporary or persistent is it going to be? And um, that's one of the things. I think another one is what are people going to do with $1.9 trillion that starts to hit their direct deposit bank accounts on March 22nd, March 29th? Those paycheck, the, the checks, paper checks go out on 29th. The electronic transfer begins on the 22nd. So that's kind of a big deal. How much will that money flow into the markets? I think people are, are wondering. Um, boring stuff, you know, yield curve, your crowd probably doesn't really care too much about, but uh, OUSA type of investors want that steady, eddy, dividend, dividend growth type of investment. What kind of dividend yield is it? Yeah, so it's about 2% with a 10% growth rate. Got it. So the whole story on OUSA is, you know, if you want to have income that grows while you do whatever else you're going to do in life, your income level on OUSA is going to double something like every seven years. So, okay, it's only two and a bit percent today, but it'll go to 4%, 8%, you know, as it just 
sits there and grows. So it's not really a trading type of vehicle. It's much more of a have a cornerstone of your portfolio that is simple, steady eddies. Got it. Got it. And what's, what's, it's, uh, it, what, it, 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 go ahead. Sorry, we're going to say. I was going to say what well, might appeal to your audience. We can talk a bit about that for the people that want that steady eddy cornerstone. But we could also talk about OGIG, where there are sixty plus stocks, an interesting shopping list. People can go look at it. They don't have to buy the ETF. They can look under the hood and see what's in there that's really interesting. Because the index methodology does a great job of screening and selecting high revenue growth stocks. And when you look at tech, e-commerce, internet services, revenue growth is the primary driver we've identified, a driver of performance. Got it. And that and, and that's OG. I mean, OGIG, the 100, uh, the one year return is about 108 percent. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so revenue growth is what you guys are using as your identifier. Um, so, Luke, did you just share that just now? Yep, yeah, I just threw up on, on the screen so, so some of the top holdings on, on OGIG. I'm on oshares.com slash OGIG. It's Oscar Golf, India Golf. Nice. Yeah, so, so, so what are some of the bigger ones? Amazon, it looks like, Alphabet. How often are you guys trading this? Are you guys doing like a Kathy Wood daily trades or how how often are you doing that it's driven by index rules so we did a massive amount of research on 10 plus years of history on all of the stocks in these sectors but then the index drives the portfolio and it's a quarterly uh recalc of the portfolio and a reallocation and so what you see is you got yeah you got a few names at the top that everyone everyone's going to recognize but 80 percent of the portfolio is allocated to names that most people don't recognize. It's so different than the tech sector index trackers, so different than the NASDAQ 100. It's about 80% different. And so, you know, for two years, it's owned stocks like Zoom and Matelon and Pinduoduo and Mercado Libre and Shopify, all these names that people start to know now that they're worth 100 billion plus. But the methodology does a great job of finding these before the rest of the world finds them. Got it. Yeah. And so how do you guys go about finding these things? Like, how do you go about it? What do you do to try to find these? Uh, yes, picks? thousands of stocks that are in the, it's just called the database in the, in the category potential that has to be large cap. And then they get included as possibilities if they're in eight of the right subsectors from digital advertising, e-commerce to cloud computing and so on. And that doesn't mean they're in a portfolio. It just means that they'll get considered. The financial metrics then determine if they're in or not. So does their balance sheet and profitability measure up? Does their revenue growth measure up? Those that do measure up well are in the portfolio. Then the weighting is very different than typical. It's not generic market cap weight. It's in fact a blend market cap adjusted for the quality of the business, the strength of the revenue growth. So two stocks that make it in, one that's got stronger revenue growth, they're both good, but one's a little better on revenue growth, it's going to have a higher allocation, even though the stocks might be the same size. Or I'll pick on another example, Booking.com or Baidu. These are stocks that used to be in, they got downgraded so much on rev growth, they got pushed almost out of the portfolio because the revenue growth helped identify that those businesses weren't doing so well. And uh, so it's, a, it's active in the sense that the rules influence the portfolio it's not just generic buy everything market cap weight. 
Okay. So, 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 so let's, and again, guys, if you're just joining us, we're, we're, we're talking ETS, we're talking OGIG is this ticker specifically. And, and so the criteria to, to get a company into the ETF is they either have to be a large cap or have the potential to be a large cap. Has to they be they large need cap. to be into a high growth or, or one of like, like the growth tech sectors. Uh, and then, and then the stock is weighted, not just if, you know, by, by a market cap. So you're basically just owning Apple. It's weighted by how much is the company actually growing. Is, is that a, a fair way to summarize it? Yeah, you've done a pretty good job summarizing. Our website has the entire list of all the stocks. People can go look at them. They can buy the ETF OGIG if they want to own all the stocks. They can select some of the stocks after doing a bit of homework if they, if they prefer to do that. There we go. And, and guys, here, here it is. I'm on the page. I'll, I'll drop the link in the chat. But but look at it. I'm on the page. It has the holdings. And yeah, check it out. So, so 72 of them. I can I can tab through it. When you're looking at when you're looking at revenue growth, are you looking at like month over month, quarter, quarter, annual? How do you guys look at that? Yeah, there's a lot of data that goes into that. So there's the actual revenue growth for the trailing four quarters and there's the forward revenue growth for the next two years and so we use the blend of revenue growth score and we tested all kinds of methodologies to determine when it was simple and and steady as the rev growth score that would identify the uh, the the better performing stocks if you look at history rev growth is a great metric think of amazon for a second here you know you, you look back 10 plus years it wasn't making any money you had a whole bunch of people say, well, it's too expensive, too expensive, too expensive. Back about 10 years ago, it was trading at 44 times revenue. Now it's at around five times revenue. I mean, if people waited for Amazon to get cheap, they'd have missed everything. And so if you look at the stocks now, the 60 plus, 70 plus stocks in OGIG, they're all revenue growth driven stock selection. These are companies that are growing really fast. Here's a simple math thing I just did just before the call. I should have done it years ago. If you're growing your business at 40% a year revenue, like the OGIG portfolio in the aggregate weighted average, if you do that for two years, you've doubled your revenue. So if you're growing at 40% a year, you're doubling the revenue every two years. Now, that may not be exactly what happens for the OGIG portfolio year after year after year, but the actual rev growth last 12 months across the portfolio, weighted average, 40%. Think of it this way. Amazon, Google, and so on, they're not, they are in the portfolio. They weren't growing that fast. So there are other stocks that are, of course, growing even faster than 40 in order for the weighted average to be pulled up to 40. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, go ahead, Jason. Well, I was going to say, if you knew... Amazon was going to grow 20% a year for the last 20 years would be automatic buy. I mean, high growth companies growing by that kind of, you know, growth adds up in a big way um, over time. What were you going to say, Luke? Well, well, I was going to say something that we've talked about on this show many times is is that there there are a couple market factors that, that are proven to drive abnormal returns. You know, what what one is momentum, right? When the trend is more often than not your friend a- academically that that's been proven in a lot of studies. Uh, and and then the other one is, is that holding on to your winners and and cutting your losers typically fares better than than the opposite and and i think that that's sort of uh as, as connor's talking about this etf it sort of speaks at the, the heart of that is you know hey you hang on to these ones that are showing revenue growth you have a booking.com it slows it down cut the allocation yeah and that, that's a tiny piece one of the smallest positions in the whole portfolio let's think of mega trends for a second everybody's lived through 12 months or whatever it has been of this covid sort of shutdown and transformation 
some of the things that you see happening, really surprising uh, when you look at the data, business to business, forget the consumer for one second, business to business spending on cloud computing and cloud related services, going from 150 billion to $350 billion. And a lot of that money is going to companies that are in OGIG. So it's not I just think- about Amazon selling stuff to consumers or providing, providing you know, Amazon Web Services, AWS Cloud. It's across the whole ecosystem of business-to-business service providers and e-commerce. Of course, that's growing like crazy. Here's a funny stat for people. The e-commerce percentage of total retail sales in the U.S. versus China. A year ago, China was well into the 20 plus plus percent, and the U.S. was barely over 10 so the e-commerce revenue growth potential in the U.S. market is huge. Mm-hmm. And of course, it jumped ahead in the last 12 months, a lot. Not ahead of China, but just ahead of where it was. And so the acceleration was really, really important. But it's not as if people are going to start doing, you know, shopping old style now that they've learned how efficient it is to do almost everything they want to do online. So that's a really big driver. So you got this business-to-business driving cloud-related You've got the e-commerce driving, uh, the consumer spending. And then there's this third thing, which is called advertising. I don't know how much money you guys spend on advertising. You've got a great fan base, and they do the advertising for you. We love you. Your fans love you. Benzinga's got its own buzz in the market. Shout out Zinger Nation, hanging out with us today. (laughs) Exactly. But a lot of companies have to advertise. And that money is more and more getting spent on digital ad distribution channels. It's not just Google. The actual ad spend in the digital space now is much bigger than traditional. So no longer much ad growth on TV and radio and all that stuff. All the ad spend growth is going into the Facebook and Google and everything else like that. So there's another category that's a mega trend. Another one's entertainment. More and more people are getting entertainment through digital channels, not going to the yep. movie cinemas and all that stuff. These yeah. are all captured in this OGIG portfolio. And, and yes. to go ahead, there must, be a lot, there must be a lot of our holdings in there that we spend money on. Uh, we, we buy stuff off Datadog, off Asana, was, uh, Slack. I mean, so many of these services the, in the B2B um, yep. space, we're spending Salesforce, money. DocuSign, Atlassian. Exactly. Yes, funds. yes, yeah. So. Yeah, so exactly. And Luke, what were you going to say? Oh, I, I was just going to say, I was going to throw another idea out there because, again, guys, this is the Stock Idea Show. Um, Connor was talking about how the U.S. has to catch up with China in terms of, of percentage of the, the economy that's driven by e-commerce. Russia is even further behind the U.S. Uh, so if you want exposure to, to growing uh, uh, e-commerce market in Russia, tech, check out ticker O-Z-O-N, that's, that's Ozon Holdings, recent IPO. They're, they're the number two player in, in Russian e-commerce right now. Um, basically, you got rising oil prices. You, you've got the whole world moving to, moving to more of an e-commerce structure, so, so it's an interesting stock. So so little little aside there that, that uh, Connor prompted me to think about. Yep. And, guys, we have Connor Bryan, um, O-Shares, Kevin O'Leary. You guys know him. I think I'm doing a RAS report with him next week. Um and so um, they have a bunch of different ETFs and the way that I, I'm invested in one of them and the way that I liked it was that Kevin's looking for companies that, you know, have dividends. It's like, what, you're, what would your grandma want? They want companies that are growing and have dividends. So I like getting income versus just the pain on, you know, stocks going up. So that's how I originally got into the O-shares um, stocks. 
Yep, and check this out. Live portfolio that I share every day. Holding OUSA. OUSA. There we go. Yeah, I, I promised that you guys I would do a, an, an ETF segment at some point this week. We haven't done it yet, but but you'll see OUSA pop up again when we do that so one. What, about, sneak look, what about an ETF show like three days a week? Let's All right. Do it. We, let's do, let's it. do it. Give me a minute to tell people what's in OUSA. It's 100 stocks instead of 500, and they basically are selected because they have strong profitability using ROA as a measure of strong cash flow to debt, and then dividend coverage and dividend growth. And here's the thing about dividend growth. For people that want an income generating cornerstone of their their portfolio of their money it's not a trading thing you want to grow your income if you actually buy something an investment that has a two percent yield and growing at ten percent a year that income level is going to double roughly every seven years so it'll be yielding on your original cost it'll be yielding two percent then four percent then eight percent on your original cost so it's a great way to grow income by just letting it sit in your portfolio do the trading that you want with the trading capital, but have some cornerstone that is that that stability in the portfolio. Yep. Yeah. And I don't have the dividend yield on this screen here, but yeah, that, that's a big part of the reason why why I got into this one in the first place. That's nice. O O'Leary tells people what he, exactly what he has in his family trust equity allocation, and it's forty percent OUSA. He likes the go. stability of the portfolio performance. Yep. Got it. Okay. All right. Any other things uh, on the ETF front we should look out for? I know I know this GameStop stuff is crazy right now. Um, people keep writing in about that, but I see another person owns OUSA here. Um, ETFs are great. Yeah, ETFs give you peace of mind. So, um, there you go. OUSA holders. There, there's the soundboard. I, I was waiting for that soundboard, Luke, and, he, and you showed your thing. So, um, yeah. So nice work. you got the sound effects, just like that uh, guy whose name I'll let you mention that uh, has been on for about 20 decades. Jimmy Chill. Yep. <laughs> my, he wasn't old... on yesterday. Did you see that, Jason? No, my old boss. Um... There was no bad money yesterday. I don't know why. They, really? they had like an impromptu Scott Wapner filled up that hour for some reason. I don't know. Uh, yeah, sort of weird. I don't know. Here's one thing I want to th I want to th throw uh, out as an idea here for people. If they're going to look at the OGIG portfolio and want to pick stocks, uh, one thing they could pay attention to is the stocks that are getting positive revenue revisions. You know, our, our research shows us that revenue growth is really important. So look at the companies whose revenue growth is accelerating. You'll find a lot of them in OGIG, but I would think that's something that they could look at if they really want to be picking stocks. All right. Yeah. I like it. Okay. All right. Well, will you come on more often and we can give us some updates and changes in the funds or if you launch new funds, I feel like you guys do that too as well. We do. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, yeah. So we got, we got like 6,000 people here. This is the YouTube. We show 900, but there's like, we have dist different distributions. I think there's more. It's probably like 10,000. So they're here. That's they're awesome. tuning in. Well, we'll yep. do one another day with, uh, with me on it. We'll get uh, yep. Kevin on someday. Yep. So, sounds good. Thank you for coming on, Connor. Appreciate it. Again, it's Connor O'Brien, the CEO of OShares. We don't bring you just some random person. We bring you the top at all times on the Benzinga Power Hour. Thank you, Connor, for coming on today. Thanks, Appreciate Jason, it. Luke. Thank you. Yep. All right. Take care. Yep. Good day. Yep. All right. All, all right. right. Uh, We've got some breaking news to cover. Yes, I was going to say, I was gonna, about to say, play your most hyped video that we have. We need it right now. Pulling up the chart, chart of GameStop. Brent Slava, bring a news desk here. Break us down. What's going on? All right. So how many halts have we had in GameStop so far today? 
Three, uh, I think. One, two, three, four, four five, no? five, five GameStop halts. So there is no catalyst that we're seeing on this right now. Uh, there are people on social media that are talking about an offering. We have no confirmation of this right now. It seems like some crazy speculation. I just wanted to alert people that that is out there in the social sphere. I think the main thing that I wanted to jump on and talk about today was just what's happening with these halts, right? I don't know if any, anybody, I don't know if a lot of people know why the sock keeps getting halted and stuff like and, that. And how long? Because I know these circuit breakers start exactly. at five minutes and then get longer. So where are we at? Exactly. So uh, as far as I've been able to detect so far, they've only been the five minute circuit breakers. Um, if somebody, yeah, we got, so whoever's controlling the Benzinga Pro there, go to a newsfeed. Okay, and, rolling it and, down. Sweet. And Look at so, that. While you're talking, it looks like we just got another one. Yeah. So e even even go. Can you just go to just busy signals? Yeah. Hit the hit the just busy signals tab there. This will be easier to look at. So what I want you guys to look at here is just the timestamps. So trading was halted at twelve twenty two. It resumes at twelve twenty seven. So about five minutes and six seconds on that one, right? Uh, yep. So this so important to note here. This is an NYSE stock, right? NYSE does not quite have as strict of guidelines as the NASDAQ has. When the NASDAQ has a stock halted, it's going to be halted for five minutes exactly, like five minutes and zero seconds. Um, for an NYSE stock, they're expected to be five minutes, and then it might be, like in the, that first example, about five minutes and six seconds or so. When it goes to a 10-minute circuit breaker, we don't know. It just kind of happens. It's what's what's happening. Same thing that's happening with the Roblox IPO today is the specialists, the market makers are working to make a fattened price that this thing can open at. And so, especially for an NYSE stock, uh, what's happening while the stocks are halted? The halts were put in place back in in the in the in the Great Recession when there was crazy volatility, and basically, it's supposed to give the market a chance to just cool off, take a breath for a second. And the specialists, when the stocks are halted, are working to make the market in this. And so that's why you kind of can have a little bit of a few second leeway on some of these resumes. It just means that the market isn't, uh, the market makers haven't fattened up that price at a certain level yet. If it goes to a 10 minute halt, you can just assume that maybe the specialists are having a tougher time working out uh, a fair market for this. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, what I do personally is I assume it's going to be a five-minute circuit breaker. I do the math. You can do the math on Benzinga Pro. Uh, look, Luke, the last halt was at 12.46 and 49 seconds. So we can just do the five-minute math, and we can say, okay, let's expect GameStop shares to resume trade in about 30 seconds here. If it doesn't open within, let's say, 40 seconds, then let's just go and we're just going to assume it's going to be a 10-minute circuit breaker halt and you got another five minutes where you can't trade this thing. Okay, so so we don't know ahead of time how long these circuit breakers are going to be. I thought there was some sort of a rule where it's, you know, the first three or five minutes and then it keeps getting longer and longer. But But that's not the case. So I believe I, I – there's something there, Luke, but I believe how it works is chat, you know – help help us out here correct us uh it is related to how close it is to the end of and game there we go just we just reopened five minutes on the dot yep five minutes on the dot okay 
Um, it is, I Reopen believe it's higher. related to how close we are to the end of the end of the end of trading for a day, Luke. So like if it's if it's 15 minutes before and there's a circuit breaker, then like the times are adjusted, basically. If it's okay. midday, like we're right now, uh again, what I do is I assume it's gonna be five minutes, and then if it doesn't open in like six minutes, assume it's gonna be a 10-minute circuit breaker. All right. And Brent, while we have you here, Roblox, I threw out my guess as to when the stock is going to open for trading at one o'clock nice. Eastern, somewhere around there. Uh, I don't know if you have more insight than I do. I can give a tip for future reference for this one too, but for other high profile IPOs. So what's actually happened? I just kind of went over it when I was talking about how the specialists, how the market makers are like fattening up the market. Um, what is happening is for an IPO, obviously the, uh, the Roblox is a direct listing. We're not getting the same level of information as we would with a normal IPO. When we are getting an IPO, a couple of the items that you'll see before, especially on Benzinga Pro, the items that you'll see before this thing goes public, a stock goes public, is you'll see the price indication, which we do have on Roblox shares. And then you'll see after you, the price indication, you'll see a number of shares that are paired it's called and so what that pairing means is the specialists that are making the market in the stock they are trying to pair buyers of the stock uh out there at a certain price level and so a rule of thumb that i use for uh ipos is that if the number of shares paired that you're seeing with a price indication is getting toward like three million shares Two and a half million, three million, maybe up to four million shares for a larger size IPO. That means that we're getting closer. GameStop, another halt here on a circuit breaker. Oh, uh, circuit break. All right, hold on. We'll halted pull it up. upside. Circuit so we're halted on the at two sixty two forty six right now. Back over two fifty. So right, what is that? So, Luke? so wait, hold on, Brian. About an eighty so, so, point so, rebound here from the lows. Yeah, and the the time on this one twelve fifty three fifty four. We Eastern. can test this one. We're so let's just say right now, right now we're expecting. This to resume at 12.58.54 seconds p.m. Eastern time. All right. So, so there's cool. the deal, guys. About 12.59. So, is, so let me let me let me jump back there to the to the to the quick description, Luke. So um so uh rule of thumb for IPOs is that if you're getting over like three to four million shares paired, we should be opening pretty soon. For something like Roblox that is being direct listed and we don't have that same depth of information, what I've been looking for today is we just want to see that narrow between the price range. Uh, we just want to see the the gap between the price range narrow, right? When we first started getting IPO uh, indications for Roblox, it was like a $5 spread. We're hearing Roblox shares indicated between $60 and $65. That was the first indication we got. Very large spread there. The last indication that we got was 64 to 66. That's only two bucks there. We probably want this price indication to get down to like less than a dollar, probably like 50 cents. If, if this price indication is getting down toward like 50 cents, it should be opening what some of the specialists will say soon, quote, soon. And, and let me ask you this, Brent. What, what's the latest IPO that you've seen open for trading? Latest in the day. The latest that I remember is probably oh, wow. about 2.30 Eastern. Yeah. <laughs> Are you around there too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I remember. Yeah, I, was, I don't think after 3. So, like, if, if an IPO is going to open after 3, I would think they would just, like, cancel it for the day and say, we're going we're gonna to work on it tomorrow. All right. I'm leaving my guess out there. I'll let it sit. 1 I would say, just, just to get back to your... 
your question, Luke. I mean, we're we're sitting we're sitting at 1 p.m. Eastern time here. I mean, it's gonna have to be. I would imagine it's gonna have to be in like the next 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, if you guys didn't see this piece of information that we had on Benzinga Pro earlier, I don't know if you guys already talked about it, Luke, but we did speak with somebody at NYSE early this morning, right after the market opened, and they said. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. I, I sorry, I would be surprised if this thing opened before 11 a.m. Obviously, that's been two hours ago now. Um, so I don't know. Some some investors will use this kind of stuff as an indication of interest, meaning like you know there's a lot of orders happening. Maybe there's more interest in an issue if it's taking a long, taking a while to open. I don't necessarily. Uh, believe that maybe but i just wanted to put it out there that is something that you know people will say yep yeah and, and uh uh you know I'll, I'll i'll pick up on what you're saying brian we were talking about earlier on the show how you know we we see that the direct listing was priced at 45 dollars a share here in benzinga pro then we saw you know looks like it's gonna open at 60 65 67 68 that seems really positive, right? The price just keeps pushing higher, higher. We, we, we've now seen a dro- two drops. So so 68 expected mm-hmm. open, now 65, now 64. That's still about we, 50% we, higher. Have than, we done than, a con- Have we done a contest? Is what's going to close that today? Ooh, good call, Raz. Oh, a closed contest? You, Let's do it. Done it on the Twitter, on the Benzinga Twitter, too. I mean, you got 160,000 people on the Benzinga Twitter. All right, hold on. Yeah. Well, we should do it for Zinger. Let's do a Zinger Nation version, too. Oh, Raz, are, Raz, are you a fan of uh, Brad Gerstner, Altimeter? Do you know him? Why do I know him? Altim- I, I bet you know him. That's why I was asking. Altimer, Alt- Altimeter. Oh, my gosh. Can't say that. That's that's the fund that he works at. He's been interviewing on CNBC for a little while now, and I was typing out a couple of the headlines. I was covering the interview, and uh, I typed a couple of the headlines into Pro, and he's he's an investor in Roblox right now. And he said that Altimeter is going to be invested in Roblox for the next five to ten years. Like he's, it pretty. He made it sound like no questions asked. We're going to be in this thing for five to ten years from now. Yeah, I don't know him. I just went to. Right. I just followed Twitter. Link in the chat. You should go, turn on. Go, noti- go. You should Roblox turn on notifications for his Twitter. Put it okay. in there. Altimeter is thrilled to help bring Roblox public. Our passion, yeah. Inside, it, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal. Inside, all, uh, Roblox stock debut from direct listing decision to its financial outlook. It's a good article in the Wall Street Journal, but this guy's listed. Seem, seems like seems like a pretty pretty smart guy. Yeah, I like to turn on notifications for those guys so that you can get alerted in real time when he has something stock market. GameStop should be resuming here pretty soon, right, Luke? What time did we say? We said 59-ish. What time is 59. it? One minute. Right now, resumes trade. Boom, there it was. It was right. It was. It looks like it was exactly, exactly on the five minutes. All right, Luke. I All think right, we'll we... it up. Should, is that Sweet, a breaking y'all. news item or no? So, say it again, uh, Jason. Was that, a, was that a breaking news item that it's resumed? Yep, just out. GameStop is it's back to live. We're down 1.4% at 243. We have a special guest we're bringing on to talk further about it, Rod Ellsman. So before we do that, let's give him the special treatment that he deserves. Here we go. All right, look, good dance. There is Rod Ellsman. How are you, my man? Hey Luke, hey Jason, doing pretty well. How are you guys doing? 
good. Long time no talk. We miss you, man. We miss you. How you been? How's life? How's life in the fast lane these days? <laughs> Life's been pretty crazy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. You probably have like a, a butler now and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> oh, um, man, I wish. Uh, yeah, let me ask you this. Did, <laughs> did you think there was a chance that you were going to be asked to testify at Congress? I thought your um, name might get thrown into there. <laughs> You know, who knows? I mean, it's it's kind of crazy they even had Keith down to testify. It, 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 there's no reason in my book why he would be involved in the matter. I, I get the maybe the media fervor about the Wall Street bets angle and them finding him as the easiest person to single out. So I, I get it. But, you know, it's funny. I, I think in hindsight, when, when I watched that live, like he did the best job of anybody on the panel of just being, you know, a human being who conveyed his message in a manner that was clear and easy to understand as opposed to, you know, thank you for that question over and over and over. All right. Let me ask you one more question and then we'll, we'll move on to where we are today. But was your favorite part of the whole congressional hearing? I am not a cat because that was absolutely mine. Uh, my favorite part was I like the stock. <laughs> okay, there we go. Right, that was a good one too. Yeah, that, that was good. Um, I thought, Luke, they may have called us in because, you know, we were the room where, uh, where they were all discussing this thing. So glad no one bothered us on that one. Um, so what do you think about this latest uh, GameStop stuff? Whew. I mean, today in particular, I know I've been following, I had the feed on in the background. I think it's, is it up to five halts now? So, I mean, today's obviously six. especially. We just hit six. six. Yep. Jesus. Um, yeah, the last month and a half or so has been pretty nuts. I mean, there have been movements by the company and we keep kind of tracking everything on our gmedd.com site. So we've been kind of following as you know, they came out with the earnings announcement date just uh, yesterday. But prior to that, the day prior, they'd come out with the this transformation committee that Cohen, uh, Atoll, and Wolf are going to be on. They had announced the hiring of the chief technology officer and the two other um, senior leadership members. So and they've made movements in the direction that we talked about you know, in January. Um, so the truification keeps happening. Uh, clearly, the prices front ran it <laughs> to a large extent. So yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible what's been happening. I made progress on Ryan Cohen. So someone I knows know someone I knows I know well. Their kids go to school together. Ryan's. Okay. I was in Florida, in Miami, and that's where Ryan lives. It was right across the lake, I guess. Where I don't know what you call it. It wasn't a lake. It was like. It wasn't the ocean. Let's just clarify. It wasn't the ocean. It wasn't the ocean. It was. It wasn't across the ocean. It was like (laughs) one of those things, those inlets or whatever. The Uh, intracoastal waterway. Yeah, something like that. Rod's a lot so, smarter than we are, Jason. Yeah. I also I, lived in Miami for a few years, so oh, yeah, you're okay. also smarter. I was there for a couple of weeks. That was my extent. Um, so yeah, I mean, the stock did run on Ryan on that announcement, went to 300, 320, and then some other stocks followed suit. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, do you trade some of these other stocks? No, look, I, I think I told you guys I'm not really a too much trader. of a trader so much, but yeah, I was following that too. Some of the other meme stocks, what is it? KOSS is one of them. I saw that like the movements are very closely tied to one another. So I guess somebody, <laughs> I think that there are big hedge funds involved in this that are playing games too. I mean, it's pretty obvious that retail doesn't have the coordination or the firepower to have caused all of this on their own. 
especially with what happened in January. Obviously, this recent stuff threw me for a loop. I mean, you know, if you want to talk about like Roaring Kitty posted after he was at Congress, and he said, I like the stock. And then he bought, you know, 50,000 shares at, you could back into the average, it was in the high 38s and change. So he pretty much caught the bottom. Um, I have no idea what his current position is or if he's trimmed at all. But a lot of these uh, folks are, you know, saying crazy price targets. So some of them don't plan on selling. Um, and it just becomes, you know, who else is selling? Is there any incremental selling pressure from new shorts that want to enter? I mean, I think a lot of them are probably still a little spooked after what happened last time around. But, you know, what I've been doing, I I can't really justify buying, you know, we, we laid out the bull case in the high 100s, but I can't really justify buying at these levels if, you know, until I have more information. Like I mentioned, there have been the movements in the right direction with the incremental hirings, the shifts in the new committee for capital allocation. So th these are all good things, but I mean, the, the price at 250-ish represents a forward price to sales of around three, which isn't on its face crazy. Yeah, but it seems in line. That's, that's actually below S&P average. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's just how much, what's your risk reward, right? Like what's the upside from here and what's the downside from here? And I, I do think it's, it's difficult to consider entering at these levels, but what I've been doing for the last month and a half, I just continued to write cash secured puts. And unfortunately I didn't get any assignment. I had uh, some $40 strikes that almost got assigned that week that Roaring Kitty bought under 40, but it closed at like $40 and 60 cents. So unfortunately I have no shares right now, um, but I have, you know, incredibly generated more premium in the last month and a half, two months, realized more premium, like two or three times my initial GameStop investment. So it's kind of absurd. And the IV is, is insane again today. I've been writing more puts today. So you're, so what month will you write those for? I have been writing a lot of short dated puts to kind of play this. Uh, I, I've written a lot of 319 and 326 to play around this, but I, today I was writing some more with the IV pump. Like I just wrote some January 22, um, $50 strikes. I wrote some July. What 40. are you collecting for that? So the Jan, let me go to my, let me go to my order status. Cause I have You're writing them way out. That's interesting. So I wrote, you know, 20, $40 strikes for April 16th at just under three bucks. I wrote 10 at 50 for January 22 at 17 bucks. Um, so like a lot of these break evens are you know, still in like the high thirties, you know, forties area. I feel very comfortable acquiring in that area, but I, I and so, and so let, let me just, let me just slow, slow it down for a second, Rod. So so basically, what what Rod's doing is he's getting what I like to call synthetically long the stock, but by selling puts, um, and he's doing the the forty dollars strike in April, and then the the fifty strikes. It sounds like all the way out into into twenty twenty two. Yeah. So right, like I am at risk. It's like I I have um. I've, you don't want to call it locked in because there is always um, you can always close out of the position. But you know, right now with the implied volatility at such high levels, like looking out that far, you're close to like 300 um, percent. It's higher than 300 percent on the really close in stuff. So even though these are way out of the money, um, the value of the options is pretty high. So like me writing, it means I'm on hook to buy at that strike 
but it's really that strike less the premium. So that would be my break even. And I see it as, you know, if you don't want to, you know, chase this price and you maybe feel more confident in a entry point, I, I think cash secured puts when implied volatility is through the roof is a really smart play. Awesome. I like it. But and, Luke, and- Luke, it is it is another play. Like there's a couple stocks that I have limit orders on that are like 15% below where they're trading at right now. Instead of doing that, I could sell puts to end up yeah. owning the shares is, an, is another way to think about it, right? Exactly. But with, yeah, the, with the market uh, through the first two months of the year when the market was just straight up, I, I was checking through my portfolio. I made more money selling puts than any of the stock that I owned, which is sort of nuts. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to the point Jason just made, I think that's that's probably the best example. Like if, if there's a stock you are highly interested in, you want to buy it at a certain price level. And instead of you just sitting there waiting with your cash in hand, not doing anything with that limit order open, you can write the put, which means you're on the hook to buy if it closes below that strike price. But if it closes above it, at least you generated some income off of you know waiting to find a nice entry so yeah i, think, I like I think that. it's a simple strategy that it doesn't you know it has the same risk profile as going long the stock it's not as though you're taking on any crazy risk when you're writing cash secured price. yeah i really haven't done that that way and i'm gonna do some of that with some of these ones that i have limit orders on yeah and so so Rod, I, I got i've got two things that, that i want to touch on so so one is is you said uh it, you know it's it's pretty clear that 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 hedge funds are somehow involved or, or big money is somehow involved in there uh, i'm curious like like what what gives you that indication what what do you see how can we see it etc I, I i just don't know how you could claim that all of this volume it's just the dollar figure to me jumps out as being too high to just be retail i mean i could be wrong um it's certainly speculating so i don't have any um any good way to quantify that for you okay no that's fine and then the the other item i wanted to talk about uh let me throw my screen back up on here all right so so we got this press release earlier let's see is march 8th so yeah earlier this week um basically about the committee talking about the the chief technology officer the e-commerce lead etc i'd love to get your thoughts on on what this means how are you interpreting this uh etc yeah it's uh it's a little interesting the way they went about it because they announced that they had already formed this committee and that the committee had already taken these steps, which was just interesting. It wasn't like they announced the committee and then did work. They had already done the work, which we saw, um, what was it? It was earlier in the month or it was in February. I'm losing track of time. So, so we, I think it, what it tells me is that the grip on power has certainly shifted in the direction of, of the Chewy team in the direction of the largest shareholder, Ryan Cohen. That's my interpretation. You know, with the CFO leaving in pursuit of a more e-commerce transformation kind of capable executive, um, clearly, you know, having a CFO who had been, you know, this and I'm not knocking Bell. I mean, there were some issues, I think, with some of the things he did tactically over over the two years, a little less than two years, he was CFO. Um, but he wasn't necessarily the one best suited as, you know, former P.F. Chang's um, CFO, you know, a retail-centric CFO. Clearly, the direction that they're signaling with the hiring of a chief technology officer and, and these other 
uh, announcements is that they're shift, they're really accelerating the shift away from this legacy business, which, you know, to the point I made earlier, like if you're going to get a 3x price to sales, you need a different you know, model than just a transactional retailer, like, you know, a Best Buy or whatever. So, so clearly there's some things that we should expect to see in line with them leveraging their customer relationships better. Like they've got the 20 plus million active power up rewards users within the last year. So are there different sorts of subscription models where they can leverage their procurement power through the publishers, the OBs, maybe offer GameStop exclusive digital content. Um, obviously there are GameStop exclusive like physical content when they release new games and new um, products physically. But I think leveraging digital, leveraging subscriptions is something that we should expect to see coming from them because that'll justify a higher multiple. Okay. Yeah, absolutely agreed. And, and then I imagine that some of those themes are what you're going to be looking forward to in that earnings release that's coming out. And, and especially the thing that I'm going to be most interested in that the whole world is going to be tuned into is that conference call. Yeah, the last one was really disappointing. And so much has happened since that third quarter conference call. Uh, the price you know, reacted poorly after the call. And I think a very... You know, we've heard a lot of conversation from Kramer and others talking about how they should have issued shares already. And then there was reporting by Reuters about why they didn't in late January because the quarter had just ended and they would have had to pre-release earnings and the timing was kind of an issue. But clearly the fact that they haven't opted to do any sort of a pre-release here, even with the recent price action, um, I think if you read between the lines, and we did just halt again really quick heads up for everybody, but, but yeah, I know was that six or seven. seven I think we've halted twice since you've no only once since you've been on. Okay. Um, <laughs> but all right, keep going. But yeah, like rem I forget if we talked about it when I was on in January, but they had done in the third quarter, this um, shelf offering a hundred million dollar at the money or at the market. And they know they didn't tap any of that. And I, I know that there was, speculated that there was disagreement within the board because of people not signing that document. There were a few board members who didn't sign off on it. Obviously, since then, we then got the settlement with the new board members added. Um, four board members will leave come the annual meeting. So like right now, it's sitting at 13. It's going to go down to nine. And it's going to be three of those nine are Chewy people. And two of them are Hestia permit, you know, appointees from the prior fight. So do you think that the to you know, appointees who I believe both of them did not sign um, the shelf. You know, I would think they're probably more in line with shareholders, more in line with the Chewy vision. Um, so it, it may be that the writing is on the wall that maybe Chewy has an explicit majority at this point. Again, there's some speculation there. I don't know the ins and outs of the GameStop board. I definitely await what they're going to say. Uh, <laughs> in the fourth quarter because the third quarter was so lackluster that that's what led me and my kind of uh, cohort to write the letter to Chewy, to, to Ryan. We wrote the letter to him on behalf of 4% of shares outstanding saying that we, we encourage, you know, the direction that you laid out in this November letter. We want to see the company move in this more digital oriented direction. And lo and behold, then we got that settlement in January and it was off to the races within days. Yeah. No kidding. Um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's been a wild ride. And, and, and you know, you, you just mentioned, you know, like uh, all this craziness that's happened with the stock has happened between the last two conference calls. I mean, it, it's sort of yeah. nuts, right? Doesn't it seem like this has been going on forever? But, but yes, I mean, this it's out. taken years off my life. <laughs> 
yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, I, I'm like tired <laughs> from, from covering it every day for, for two months. Right. But, but our, our last report was 12, eight. Yes. And the stock went crazy on, when was that? It was late January, early so, January is when it got going. A three month chart. And if you put log on, it's yeah, here, here, here's right? three months right here. Yeah. But put on the log function. Cause I, I can't. Okay. But if you look back in December, um, you know, eighth was the earnings call, right? So I recorded a podcast, as a matter of fact, on December 14th, when the price closed at 1272. And just kind of laying out the store to help people understand. And I, I've gotten a lot of good feedback for folks who aren't familiar with GameStop, um, that I encourage you to check out that pod, because I, I tried to chronicle the events from like, 2013, 14, when they tried to have this failed expansion away from their core video game business, and they acquired uh, a lot of like AT&T retail, cell phone retailers. So I, I laid out how they kind of realized that was a mistake. They had this big strategic review that led to the hiring of Sherman in 2019, yada, 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 COVID, Cohen, et cetera, kind of bringing us up to speed with some of that history. I encourage folks to check that out. Um, but the price really... If you go to January, you see the 13th, I think you see that big jump, which yep. is not big on your graphic, but it's big in reality. Here, because look at that. Now it's on big. January, that Monday morning, January 11th, we had the announcement pre-market that the settlement happened. And you know, that was where the three Chewy, uh, former Chewy folks, Cohen and co were added to the board. We didn't know if there was going to be like a proxy fight like there was the prior year with um, Hestia permit. So when that got cleared up, it took two days, but you saw the huge spike on the 13th on that Wednesday. And, and I my understanding out when that talking happened. to a variety of folks is that Sophos Capital had been one of the larger shorts. They had like an 8 million share cover that day, which kind of was the first domino to fall and kind of set things in motion. And we all know how much money Melvin and co lost them amid the squeeze. So the weird thing to me though, is that there isn't as much short interest anymore. Like there wasn't, you know, a hundred percent short interest in March to fuel this most recent jump where we went from 40 ish to 90 in one afternoon. And then continued running the next day it went up to like 185 or so and then it kind of built out a little cup maybe cup and handle who knows i'm not a tech, technical guy that much but yeah th this recent price action is really hard to, to wrap my head around i think there i've felt the fomo so i'm sure if i'm feeling fomo others are feeling fomo and a lot of retail folks who may not even know all like the fundamentals or care about the fundamental stuff probably have been jumping in trying to chase you know the rocket ship to the moon but uh, look, I, I could see a justification for a fair market value up here or higher dependent on the path laid out. So, so you, you have to think that market participants are either placing a huge probability of success on a reinvented GameStop that's you know, more digital first. Um, they've changed the About Us page on the company's website within the last couple of days. So like clearly there's stuff going on behind the scenes in addition to those um, personnel changes that I was noting that I think you have to argue there's there's euphoria going on but but that said I could see a fundamental justification for it if they are able to execute this kind of strategic transformation the question is like you said what, it's only trading at three times are you going to say that they 
and execute the transformation. And if you give it 100%, then maybe you think it should be worth 400 plus dollars, but you should discount that. And I, I again, I, I can't see and justify like with this margin of safety, um, I find it hard to, to enter up here. I'm gonna keep writing my CSPs. Um, you know, I did write some yesterday at the 100 and 125 strikes for next, the 19th, I think it is. So if my appetite for entering at higher levels has been rising, but again, it, there's no guarantees in the market and clearly this could very easily retrace back. Um, I don't believe we're gonna see the 40s again, personally, at there this we point. Go. And let, let me ask you one more question, Rod, and then I'll let you run. But but for that that earnings call that we have, and that's on the 23rd, correct? So, so it's less than yep. two weeks. We're coming up to it already. <laughs> Uh, but, but less than two weeks away, uh, what what what's the if you had to name one thing that's most important for you to see or hear from that that earnings call, what would it be? Yeah, the most important thing I think for me and for other investors who folks entering right now are clearly expecting it is is a clear, laid out, articulated pathway to transform from where they are today to where we believe they should be going um, with fewer stores, fewer physical stores, um, alternate means of generating revenue that's higher margin, that's gonna justify a higher multiple, things like that. So clearly this digital transformation, we need to see it articulated in a believable manner, how they're gonna get there and what it's gonna look like in the future. Because otherwise big funds aren't gonna be willing to throw money behind it. And I think you're gonna see just a lot of this noise as retail you know, keeps kind of churning the FOMO uh, and obviously we got stimmy dollars coming soon. So who knows what's going to happen. Awesome. Well, Rod, thank you very much for, for joining us, especially on such a chaotic day today. You know, we're, we're just sitting here watching the thing get halted and you're actually able to shine some light into the stock. That's how we like to do it for Zinger Nation out there. Try, try, try to cut through the noise, get, get the story going. Guys, the website is gmedd.com. I'm going to spam that link in the chat. Like I always spam links in the chat. You'll see it five or six times there. Um, so, so, so there you go. Rod, thanks a ton for coming on with us. Good luck with your cash secured puts and we will talk to you soon. Thanks guys. All right. Take care. All right. So, so there you have it guys. We, we've had some wildness happen in the stock while, while Rod was talking, we got I think two more halts in the name prices. Seems like it's studying out a little bit here. Let me throw it back up on the screen here. All right. G M E GameStop. All right, there, there it is. Uh, here's a one month chart. Here's the daily chart. One minute candles. Each that means each little bar here represents one minute. Producer Rohan, can I get a charger, please? Um, uh, so, so, so here, here's the one minute chart on GameStop. Definitely settled out from these hundred plus dollar swings that we were having here. Um, but, but there's the deal, guys. So, all right, Rodrigo A in the chat, my man, shouting out, like the video for Luke. There we go. That's me. I'm Luke. If you're just tuning in here. Like the video, share the video, uh, follow the Twitter. I'll, I'll drop that one in there too. If I ever have a chance to plug, I'll take it. Um, you know, because we've been doing this for about three months now and having a lot of fun hanging out with you guys. Again, this is the trade idea hour. That's what the power hour is all about. It's not, not just about hanging out, having fun and gimmicks, but it is absolutely about hanging out, having fun and gimmicks. We also want to get the ideas flowing. Again, I'll throw out some, some ideas that we covered earlier in the show if you're just tuning in with us. Uh, but, but we talked about uh, uh, Jonah Lupton's Celsius Holdings trade into earnings. Earnings out tomorrow before the open, ticker CELH. 
H Charlie Echo Lima Hotel. Basically, the thesis there is that the estimate is really conservative. They should blow it out of the water. Uh, next idea that we threw out was the bank stocks. If you want to be a little bit safer in your portfolio, you want to hedge yourself a little bit. Banks are interesting. Uh, so, so, so Bank of America, that's one that I've been in for for maybe a month or so now. We, we bought calls on that. We're, we're up about 200%. Uh, and then if you want a small bank play, a potential acquisition target, um, yes, a little bit riskier, but this one is, is trading at 57% of its tangible book value. Or I'm sorry, not 57, 85% of its tangible book value. I don't know where the 57 came from, but but 85%, that one sticker, MSVB, Mike, Sandy, Victor, Bravo. Um, we talked about OGIG. Oscar, uh, Oscar Golf India Golf OGIG. That, that that's an O shares. Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful ETF. Um, and then of course we had Rod Alsman on the goat of GameStop, the guy behind the the face behind the face in front of. I still don't know the right terminology. Somebody in the chat tell me. But 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 the 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 man with the plan running GMEDD.com telling us, hey, where is he at with the stock? What does he think of the valuation? What does he think of this trading activity? The institutions involved in it, and of course what. We we want to see out of this upcoming earnings report. So, so there's where we're at so far today. Next up on the docket, let's talk Roblox. Let, let's talk, uh, I've got a covered call, a live options trade to make before we head out today. So I'm going to be selling a covered call, talking through why I'm doing that, what stock I'm doing that on. Um, and then, of course, we're going to have CEO Charge Enterprises, public company CEO, joining us live on the Power Hour, because that is how we do it, guys. And let's get a nice little voice here. One million dollars. See, there we go. I need to use more of my sounds. I've got good sounds on here. Here's one of my favorite. Congratulations. Congratulations. So, all right, let, let's go over to Roblox. Ticker RBLX. Uh, still no open. All right. So, so we're still waiting on Roblox to open, guys. Um, my guess at the top of the show was that somewhere around one o'clock is where this thing would open. Right now, uh, we're we're looking at sixty-four to sixty-five dollars. That range is tightening. So, I would expect any minute here. Um, we 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 want to see Roblox open for trade. Uh, the the latest that I've seen an IPO start trading is 2:30 to 2:30 Eastern. Um, we're nearing that band right now, so so I would expect within these next several minutes uh, we'll get the open here out, out of Roblox. Again, 64 to 65 dollars is the best guess that we have right now as to where that stock will start trading. Shout out pro.benzinga.com. Um, and then of course we threw out to Zinger Nation all of you out there in the chat. What price is Roblox going to to close at today? And somebody did the math work down down here for me. Shout out wh whoever did that. Give yourself a round of applause there. So, all right, I'll, I'll drop the link in the chat one more time. If you want to participate, here it is. We're going to close it from the public in just a couple minutes here. Guess the price that Roblox is going to, to close for trading today. Winners getting whatever they want from swag.benzinga.com or a Benzinga Pro, whatever you want. But here's where the group is at. The, the, the highest price somebody guessed was $212. The lowest price somebody guessed was $32. Mean uh uh 85 bucks and then the median mean average median 77 dollars so so that's where we're at with it guys there's the roblox guesses we're going to be watching that one closely through the end of the show again i would expect that we're going to get an open before the show closes and guys if, if if you're running out of room here to enter your guess just just hop down 
do it. Hop down. Don't worry. We, we won't miss it. I'll, we'll go through them all. Don't overwrite the means and the medians, please. Somebody did that nice work for us. Just just hop down here. Throw, throw your guesses in. Uh, again, we're, I'm going to leave this open for another minute or so, and then we're going to close it off, uh, and we're going to be throwing out some prizes, checking in on this one tomorrow. Um, and, and, of course, we do have our chat challenge. Maybe we should get to that right now. Chat challenge. All right, and I've got a video. Let's queue up the video. I, I know. Let's see. God, I've got bad eyes. Sorry. Zinger Nation is going head to head to head to head to head every single week. What is the best performing soccer of the week? All right, guys. There it is. Chat challenge. We asked you guys. We asked you guys every single week. We're trying to figure out who's the best stock picker. Let's get the ideas flowing again. Power Hour is the trade idea session. That's what we're going for here. Not just ideas for myself. Not just from Jason, not just from our guests that we bring on, but also from all of you out there in the community. That's what we're going for, guys. Uh, so question of the week, what is the best performing stock of the week going to be? We had a lot of you. Several people guessed GameStop, ticker GME. Of course, we talked about it today. GameStop, despite the, despite the sell-off that we've had, still up 43% since the week started. So all of you who guessed GameStop, round of applause. Let's go. All right, there's the round of applause. We'll, we'll get one more. Uh, it's over 9,000! Yeah, there it is. All right, so everybody who guessed GameStop, you are leading the week thus far. You're all going to get prizes. We didn't decide exactly what the prize is going to be yet. Maybe it'll be a share of GameStop. I don't know. We'll figure that out. That's what we do on this show. We figure things out. Um, so so there is the update on our chat challenge. If you did not get to participate this week, you didn't get to throw out your guess as to what the best pouring stock is going to be, don't worry. We do it every Monday. Come back next Monday, hit subscribe, like the video, share the video, and next week we'll do another chat challenge where, again, you can sort of strut your stuff to the group and say, hey, here's what I think the best performing stock of the week is going to be. All right, let, let, let's take a second and, and let's get into this covered call uh, uh, trade that we've been talking about. Here, here's, here's the live portfolio, my live interactive brokers account that we look at every single day. Um, let's make it, there we go. All right, we'll make it bigger. So, all right, uh, uh, covered call, we're going to sell. So, so look at this ticker, Hims. Th this is a stock I I'm long-term bullish on, recent SPAC IPO, ticker H-I-M-S. If you don't know this one, go, go to 4hims.com, check it out. Basically, I view this as a sexy telemedicine brand. That's why I like this one. We see a lot of these telehealth brands. I think that there's going to be a long-term shift into telemedicine, like I think a lot of people do. And, and the reason why I like Hims in particular is, is that I think it's a sexy brand. Uh, I listened to a recent CEO or interview with the CEO, basically talking about some, some profitability concerns that people has. And, and his thing is, we could turn profitable right now if we wanted to. We, we could be cash flow positive. Uh, but, but we have so many more market segments to get into. There's no reason to. We need to go out and get market share. So again, I'm, I'm not going into the full pitch. I've done the full pitch twice now on HIMS. So, so I'm not going to do that. But instead, I'm going to talk about selling covered calls. At the top of the show, throughout the show, we've been talking about wanting to make the portfolio a little bit more conservative, right? We had some of these days where we open it up in the morning, we're down 10 grand, a little bit more risk than, than I'm, I have appetite for right now. Um, and, and so if, if I can't handle that risk, right, I, I need to make some adjustments. And, and so what I'm going to do is, is I am going to, to sell some uh, uh, calls 
against my hymns position. So, so check this out. Uh, the average price that we have here on hymns, $21.58. I'm going to write that down now. Here, we'll, 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 we'll do it in, a, uh, in an Excel sheet so we can do the math. All right, uh, we're talking about hymns. Oop, hymns, average price here. Twenty-one fifty-eight, and yes, I will zoom this in. Don't worry. All right, so there we are, and then let's go to the option chain. So we're gonna scroll up. We're gonna search hymns. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> we make this demo really bad. <laughs> okay, maybe we're not gonna be able to do this trade. Uh, let's see. Let's try again. Hymns. All right. Hymns, hymns, hymns. <laughs> All right. There we go. All right. We got it. Uh, that, that was a little, a little bit scary. I might have thrown our segment off a little bit. So, all right, hymns. Here's the option chain on hymns. Uh, we're we're going to look a month out. I typically look a month out or so when I sell covered calls. And we're going to hop all the way up to this $22.5 strike, okay? We, we, we can see that the last trade on calls and hymns was $0.35 cents here. Um, and so I own 200 shares of the stock, so I'm going to go ahead uh, uh, and I'm going to sell two calls against it. Let's throw our limit price on here. It's not super liquid. There's our 35 There we go. Submit sell order. Boom. All right. So a couple things just happened when we did this. All right. So so for one, when we sold these calls uh, against Hims, we collected 35 cents of premium times the number of shares that we sold calls against 200 shares, right? Two contracts. Each contract represents 100 shares. So there's 200 shares. So so let's do do the math here, right? 0.35 times 200. There you go. We, we just got 70 bucks credited to the portfolio. Okay. And, and so so here, here's what I like to think about this. Um, uh, premium sold in it, right? We just sold it for 0 0.35. So adjusted price that minus that. There we go. So, 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 so the way that I like to think about this is we're lowering our cost average on the stock, right? So, so, so we bought shares for $21.58. Then we just sold calls against it at, at for 35 cents per share, and that lowers our average price on the stock to $21.23. This is the third time now I've sold calls against the stock. Yes, I still do have all of my shares. And so my, my adjust, my cost basis on the stock really is, is lower than this, right? I, I don't have the exact price that I sold those calls uh, the, 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 the previous two times for, but, but if we estimate it, right, we say that, that it's around there, that would bring my average price down to $20.53. Uh, the risk that I'm taking on is that I may be forced to sell my shares for $22.50. So, so if the stock price runs up to 30, I don't get to participate in that price appreciation. My fund stops at $22.50. Again, I want to make my, my portfolio more conservative. That's why I like bringing down the cost basis. The only risk that I'm taking on is that I'll be able to sell the stock for $22.50. Right now, if we look, look at a last trade on HIMS. H-I-M-S. We see it's at $13.75. So if I'm forced to sell the, the, the stock with, within a month from now for $9 higher than, than I paid for it, 
great. I'm I'm okay with that, right? It, it, I'm I'm hammered on the position right now. Uh, I've got no problem selling it for for twenty two fifty within the next month. I can always buy more shares if I want to. If if I if I want to get you know more along the stock, etc. Again, effectively, what I did was was I, I lowered my cost basis. The risk I'm taking on is I'll have to sell the stock for what is that? 70% higher than I trade now. I've done this three times now, slowly lowering my cost basis on the stock, basically getting paid to own it. So there it is. There is 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 our, our trade, our, our covered call trade. That's why we're doing it. Um, so, so guys, uh, I, I know I went pretty quickly through that because we have a next very special guest lined up for us. Uh, but if it would be helpful to, to do another covered call lesson, let me know. Uh, drop me the one in the chat. We can talk more about this. If not, drop the two and guys, I've, we're, we're about to cut to a very special guest. You, you see him waiting there for us. But Roblox did open for trade. We're sitting at 67 bucks right now. First print was 64.50. All right. We'll, 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 we'll come back to Roblox, but before we're out today. Um, so, all right, guys, without further ado, producer Rohan, can we get our special guest video? Absolutely. Oh, I, I see him queuing it up. All right. There, all right. I like the song. Andrew, what's up, man? Welcome to the Power Hour. What's up, man? I love the lesson. Thank you. Absolutely, lesson. absolutely. How, how, how are you doing? How's life? I'm doing great, man. Good, how man. I mean, doing? we're warming Where up. Are you? Right? We're, we're here in Detroit, Michigan. You see behind me the ice. The snow is gone. Nice. It's like 40 degrees. GameStops nice. was at $300. Life is good. What, what's up with you? Life is good also. Um, you know, I love how enthused you are about the market. Um, you know, it, uh, in the macro sense, the, the U.S. markets have melted up um, and there are a lot of amazing companies out there that are they're doing, you know, spectacular things. Uh, exactly that we focus on, um, the electric vehicle infrastructure, um, which has a wide variety of space, is really the micro of, of the world. And we do the unglamorous work. And so it's fun because there's a lot of business out there. Um, we, you know, we we became public last year at the at the kind of the middle of October. And so we're just growing and having fun and, and watching kind of as the market evolves. Awesome, man. And and, and I didn't really do do a, a, a real intro, so let, let's do it now. Uh, but but Andrew's CEO of Charge Enterprises, guys, ticker CRGE. I promised you a public company interview today. Uh, so I am delivering. I always deliver on my promises. Uh, but again, ticker CRGE, Charlie Romeo Golf Echo. Um, but but Andrew, can, can you tell us a little bit more about the business? What makes you guys interesting, et cetera? Yeah, I would love to. Um, and so all this information is public. But, you know, um, we started in January of 2019, um, focused on doing the, the most unglamorous work in kind of the electrical revolution, which was stuff that you weren't going to be able to outsource to China, per se, or any other country. This is localized work from maintenance, installation, and service that goes around the entire EV ecosystem, um, from uh, micromobility devices all the way up to vehicles. And so domestically speaking, we need 13 million charging stations installed 
um, just in the United States. And so there's a ton of work that needs to be done to provision all that. Today, we have approximately 100,000 stations. And so we're just going to be very busy installing and building kind of the EV revolution so that as automotive makers um, tout their all you know electric fleets, um, that they're actually places to charge them. So it's a huge friction point today, and it's a point that, you know, we love focusing on. So sorry, um, I cut myself off there. Still? Yep, yep, sorry. Uh, so so, yeah. so it, it's, it's sort of that infrastructure behind EV. Um, are, are there any yep. specific regions yeah, that me... are, are most? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so we operate in 19 countries. Uh, we're $500 million run rate in revenue. So we have a real business um, from an operational perspective. Um, I talked about this a second ago. I believe that the you know, we're in a bit of a nuclear winter with COVID and the stock markets have melted up a little bit, um, but they could melt down as easy. And so we focused on, on from an operational standpoint, um, having a profitable uh, operation um, and, and being focused on providing services that people don't want to provide. And, and I love this space because if you think about the future, there's all this displacement coming from AI and driverless technology, but there are all these amazing jobs that can be created around the space. And so it's, it's, the, it's the pickaxes and shovels of the Wild West that we focus on. And can you take us through the revenue model and, and how exactly that works? Who pays you guys? What do they pay you? Uh, what do they pay you for, et cetera? Yeah, so um, today um, we have two divisions, a communication division and an infrastructure division. In the communication division, we make a small toll. Every time a phone call is made through our systems, we operate 19 countries that way. In our infrastructure division um, in New York, Paris, uh, Los Angeles, and where we tested in Atlanta, um, we have a series of micro-mobility and charging devices that people use, and we get paid fee every time they're used to so, simplify so it. So, so is it sort of like, like I go, like I drive a, a gasoline vehicle. Is it sort of like where I go to the gas station and pay to fill up my car? That that's what people do with with EVs. In the future, absolutely. In the okay. future, absolutely. Today we only have a hundred thousand charging stations domestically in the United States. We barely, we can't even scratch the demand um, because there aren't enough charging stations. But my thesis on this is, is in the future, yes. They're going to be millions and millions of charging ports, just like there are gasoline stations. And they're going to be people like us that own and operate them and build them and build technology around to service them. And so I, the, the space that we play in is, is doing kind of all of that ancillary work. So we don't necessarily have to manufacture the charging station, uh, but we want to uh, provision the real estate. We want to maintain the systems and get all that ancillary revenue off of that, not just, you know, selling a system. So, so, so it's less of you guys are the 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 ones who, who are owning and operating the charging station. You're more of like like the the business behind the business that that does the maintenance, help, helps them find locations. I imagine that work work along those lines. Exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. And and, and yeah, we'll own and operate. Yep. We'll just. I just want to. Uh, clarify we'll own and operate our own systems as well but to feed this revolution we don't be you know so arrogant that we're going to own every 
location, we want to bring this market forward. And so um, you know, we announced something last week, which I encourage people to, to read. But you know, this is about this transformation in our society to electric vehicles and who's actually doing the work of actually jumpstarting it. And so our thesis is, is this is the, the area that most people aren't focused on because it's not that glamorous. And so that's the area that we want to focus the most on because it's the hardest job to do. Okay, and so so it seems like the strategy is twofold. Then, right? You're 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 helping the charging stations owned and operated by other businesses be able to operate, but then also owning them your, yourselves. Is that right? It's exactly right. Okay. Exactly right. And then, and then let, let's talk about competitive landscape a little bit. You know, how, how are you guys positioned? Who else is out there? Uh, you know, why do you think you, you have a best shot at this, et cetera? I think there are going to be some uh, unbelievable companies created around the ecosystem. I think that um, what's going to make us stand out is the way that we treat our employees and our stakeholders and, and our mission to do the right thing. Um, but there are going to be some unbelievable companies out there. I expect the best one, but it's the first 15 minutes of the uh, of the ball game. So right now, all I have to do is build best practices around how we treat people. It's on our website. I talk about something called peer. Treat everybody like a peer. Be prompt. Be ethical. Have empathy and be reliable. When you work with us, that's how I'm going to be, and that's that's going to be the secret to our success. Um, and because we're only 15 minutes into the evolution of EV. Um, we need domestically 13 million stations out there. Um, we're laser focused on providing value around that ecosystem. And so I think you'll see um, hopefully a lot of great companies created and, and we're one of the best, but it's 15 minutes in. And, and question out of the chat this is a good one. Uh, it, it's basically asking, are you guys going to be commercial only? Where you, will you also service retail, right? If, if people are building chargers into their homes, uh, but, but where do you picture yourselves living in that? Yeah, world? such a great question. Such a great question. It is my most exciting thing that um, today you buy an electric vehicle and the customer experience is an absolute disaster absolute disaster and so um there's so much friction that's going to get fixed in that um I, I wish i could say more about it but um close to the question rest assured we're thinking about it and and i think the future in in that space um companies like us are going to pioneer um uh, removing that friction so that you have a charging station at your house it's easy to use it's not going to break down you had white glove service along the ecosystem and i encourage people to look at our um our, our recent releases around this because i'm really excited about this this con that conversation okay and and, and let, me, let me ask you this one biggest challenge that that's in front of you guys you you mentioned you're at you're at a 500 million dollar a year run rate of revenue but which is significant uh i think you also mentioned that 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 you have you're profitable um so so it seems like there there's a lot of tailwinds but but what's the 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 biggest challenge on the horizon the biggest thing for for you guys to get through um so one we have to increase our margins uh, two, we have to find great people and train them. Um, this is just the beginning. This, like I, I keep referring to this, if this was a baseball game, we're in the kind of in the top half of the first inning. Um, we have 100,000 stations in America right now. We need 
13 million. Um, and so like, you don't, I, like, I don't consider us that smart. Um, but I, but I, I do think that the, the key to our success will be ultimately how we treat our people, how we treat the communities that we serve and, and the type of jobs we're trying to create. And I think that anybody who invests in us understands that our ethos is that this is stakeholder value we're creating, that we're not in a race to the bottom. We want to create, you know, the gold standard of, of this infrastructure space. Look at our board announcements that we have. Um, I think it, you'll see that, you know, our board is made up of, of an unbelievable group of people, um, each bringing kind of something unique to the, to the table. Um, and listen, we're only, we're barely, you know, two and a half years old um, and, and only public, you know, less than six months. So there's a lot of exciting stuff that we're doing. Um, we, we went the opposite route. We didn't go the venture capital route. Um, I have, a, I have a lot to say about that, but I'm sure you don't have enough time, but you know, any questions keep firing away if you have any more. Awesome. I, I, let me take two more out of the chat and then I'm going to ask my favorite question. Oh gosh, there's three more over the chat. All right. Let, let, let me take let me take three more out of the chat and, and you can answer them quickly. We don't want to take up your whole day here. Uh, but but the first one is uh, your, your your team members, your employees. What fields of work do they come from? Number two, where's R&D focus? And then number three, can can you go over where where the balance sheet is at? And don't worry if I went too fast. I, I've got them written down. Uh, so, so so if you if you want to go got, one by got, one and ask I, me. I got them. All right. Um, cool. Yeah, great. So from a, from a balance sheet perspective, um, we're in a great place. Um, that's all I can really say. From a staff perspective, we um, we have a diverse staff of people, um, decades of experience in in a couple of different domains. Um, you know, from from a, a staffing perspective, I think the key to our success is our staff. And so I have a mindset of slow to hire, um, quick to fire, um, because it's just it, it's a corrosive thing. People who've worked with us know that that's my style. Um, I've built a number of businesses so I can pull my staff uh, and, and relationships from other places. Um, you'll see I just announced our CTO. Our CTO has been with me north of 10 years. And then from an R&D perspective, uh, there's a tremendous amount of stuff coming down the pipe. Um, I'm the guy who wants to install the first generation, without the first generation, reinstall the second generation, rip that out and reinstall the third, fourth and fifth. And each time getting management fees along the way. So we don't have the same budget for R&D. My budget has to be for training the next generation of workers to get us to a $50 billion a year revenue company. And it's possible. It's right in front of us. And so we took the, we, we took the back door. We went the pink sheets and are kicking and scratching our way up. Um, and fortunately, our R&D is spent having conversations like this and, and having people like yourself amplify what we're, what we're up to. Awesome. And, and, and Andrew, a question that I always like to ask everybody who comes onto the show, if you had to name one thing you're most excited about, what would it be? This is fun. This is awesome. Tomorrow is going to be a great day. Um, I'm excited about everything I see. Um, the EV space, we, we have to just be at the right place at the right time. So uh, I'm just most excited about tomorrow. What are you most excited about? Uh, uh, all right. So, so I'll, I'll give you two answers. Um, I'll, I'll do one EV specific answer and, and then I'll do one Luke Jacoby answer, uh, EV specific answer. Uh, let's check this out. 
background here you maybe can see general motors headquarters um I, i'm not sure how blurry my screen is but i'm in detroit michigan i'm excited for for detroit to get behind this ev wave i own a ton of ford i own a ton of gm stock i own calls on ford so so that's that's what i'm excited for on the ev space uh on the the, the luke jacoby side of things i'm most excited for all right i'm finishing my first uh uh russian literature that i've ever read that's anton chekhov um i'm reading his full collection of short stories every single one he's ever written and it, it's really cool but it's sort of been a slug to get through so, so i'm excited to move on to the next book <laughs> so there's two for you nice my brother thank cool. you well thanks for having me on i appreciate your time today and uh you know we're we're a long-term hold and 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 have a vision towards kind of creating great jobs and servicing our communities that we're working with not just about you know grinding out and making you know as much profit as possible on every single thing some of it's long term so thanks for having me Cool. Awesome, Andrew. Thanks for joining us once again, guys. The stock ticker is CRGE, Charlie Romeo Golf Echo. Andrew, have a good day. All right, guys, there it is. Hey, shout, shout out GGG Investor. Smash that like, share that stream. Really interesting stock, right? I, I said I said to you guys at the top of today, I say to you at the top of every single show that we do, this is the trade idea of place. Hold on. There it is. <laughs> There it is. A stock that, that I'm sure a, a lot of you aren't super familiar with, um, but but very, very interesting, especially as we do all this EV talk. We see what I like to call EV energy. That's my phrase for it. That's what I'm hoping flows into the, these these Ford and GM stocks. Uh, question to you guys. We're, we're running out of time here. We got eight minutes. We can cover one more stock. Do you want to do General Electric or Roblox? That's the question. General Electric or Roblox? I'll let you guys vote question out of the chat do you read in russian or no nope i, I read in english again anton Chekhov. check it out if, if you want an introduction to russian literature it, it's a, the first piece that i've read um it's awesome it's a really good place to start there, there's a lot worse out there uh wow okay i threw out ge versus roblox sort of as a joke right because i figured everybody would, would do would say roblox we sort of have a mixed bag here but we're doing roblox we're not doing ge today we'll do well since there is some ge interest i'll write it down for tomorrow I'm a GE bag holder. Shout out all my fellow bag holders. Let's go. Yeah, getting hammed on GE a little bit today. But all right, let, let's do Roblox. We are open for trade in Roblox just on time before the power hour ended. And let me get my chart up here. Bad eyes. There we go. Thank you, producer Rohan. Uh, Roblox open for trade. Again, the, the direct listing, we'll, we'll recap it. Price at $45 per share. First trade, $64.50 a share. Uh, and we are a little bit higher. Last trade, 73.39. This chart is not beautiful, in my opinion. What I would have wanted to see when this stock first opened up for trading was the chart to go absolutely bonkers, right? I would want to see this thing be rip-roaring, just like we saw on Facebook during the first day, like we saw on Snowflake during the first day, like we've seen on so many of these high-profile, highly-followed IPOs, Um you know, the, the stock is just sort of hanging out. Um, so, so, so the fact that, that we went from 64, you know, this first little run was nice. Um, but, but, but then we stopped. So, so I don't love this one. I'm not going to trade this thing either way. The, the, the same, the thing that I'm going to say, we talked about this earlier in the week on average, academically studied on average for IPOs, um, uh, uh, first day price appreciation on average, the price of an IPO, 
goes up during the during after the first day of trading. On average, the price declines over the course of the first year. Okay, price goes up first day, declines first year. Um, so so keep that in your back pocket. Obviously, it's not a rule, but it's an average. Let, let's look at at this chart. We have some amazing members out there in Zinger Nation. Look at this. So somebody made us a nice little average, median, max, min box, and they plotted all the price guesses. Let's go. If that was you, if you did this work, shoot us an email, powerhour at benzinga.com. We're going to hook you up with some merch from, from swag.benzinga.com. Caesar uh, 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 running swag.benzinga.com. So, guys, last trade, 73 bucks. Uh, highest guess that somebody had for the close of trading on Roblox today out of the community, $212. Lowest guess, $32. Um, and then your, your average, 83 your median, which is is a better better measure, because it throws out some of those those extreme outliers. Your two twelve and your thirty two seventy nine dollars. So it seems like the crowd is actually calling this one pretty closely to where it is now. And let me zoom out for you once. Here's the distribution of guesses, right here. here here's where everybody threw in their price of Roblox. Uh, again, whoever gets their price the closest, tune back in tomorrow. We're going to be calling out who the winner is on the stream. We're going to be giving away some sort of a prize. We don't know what the prize is yet, but again. We, we figure things out on this show. My opinion, I see Spencer Israel hanging out in the back there. My opinion is is that, uh, you know, I, I would want to see this this a little bit higher um, there are like a little bit more energy on this thing. I'm going to drop the link to, to the guessing in there. It's view only now. So sorry if you did, if you missed it, you missed it. Um, but but I would have liked to see more continued momentum on this thing. That that the fact that it seems like we're sort of stalled out at the seventy three dollar level. Let me throw a refresh on this chart because we've been sitting at that exact price for a minute. Make sure our quotes didn't stop. Um, all right, we want a one day here in Roblox. Yeah. So here are one minute candles. Right, it looks like it's been about fifteen minutes or so. Um, doesn't look great here. I'm, I'm going to add Spencer to the stream, but we're going to get a, a scoop from Spencer. We're going to get a preview as to the next stocks that we're going to talk about. But Spencer Israel, I'm, I'm putting you on now. What's up, man? What's up? Uh, I just hopped in because I'm looking, I'm going through my email right now. I'm looking for a chart. You were just talking about uh, IPOs, how they typically trade, trade below their, their IPO price. I had some research from Eric Kroll, who's the author of the Lifecycle Trade, which is all basically all about the stages of the of IPOs and how they how they trade. And I'm looking for his chart right now because, to sum up Luke's point, there is there is a lot of research out there that that says if you don't if you just wait on an IPO, just wait. Don't buy it the first day. Just wait. Uh, you, there it is almost certain that you 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 will get it for a lower price. That eventually, within the first six months, the stock will trade below that IPO price, and I'm looking for that chart right now because I can't find it. But but this is this is true in the vast majority of cases, right? Whether it's a direct listing, whether it's a traditional IPO, um, too soon to tell on on the spec front. But by and large, in spite of that first day IPO pop, you tend to get some kind of a sell-off in the first six months. So if you if you want to buy an IPO, you're you're better off more often than not just waiting. Just wait, sit on it, sit on your idea, and wait for it to fall below that IPO price. And then you got a better deal than everybody buying on the first day. So All right, here's an interesting one. Somebody in the chat thrown out. I can't tell if they're joking or not. Uh, but they said Roblox is not ribbing because gamers are throwing their money into GME. <laughs> that could be a thing. 
if by does by gamers does he mean like the retail trader? The, yeah, oh yeah, people who yeah. play video games. Okay, I don't know. Well, all right, Spencer. But all right, I would imagine too that that w- when we have some of this downward movement on the chart, it, it's may- maybe there's going to be some more exits too. And people who bought into this thing shortly after it opened, waiting for it to rip up to 100, it's not. Um, so so there's the deal there. And Spencer, what's the news with the stimmy stimmy checks? Did, did that get officially officially cleared? Oh, I know man. we were waiting on that. Great question. I mean, at this point, if it's not official, it's all about official, right? Uh, I, I'm sure. I don't know if they're actually, if it's actually signed yet, but it. We're all getting checks, Luke. That's at this point. That's that's not up for debate. We're we're all getting checks. Let's go. Let's run it up again. We need more fuel. This market is running out of fuel. We're running on things to drive it higher. We need a third round of stimulus, third round of payments, and and we'll really be cooking. I don't think we're getting it. I think the jig is up. I don't know what's what's your take. <laughs> I, I I I agree with you that we probably need more 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 rocket fuel, more fuel. Um, but I I'm really at a loss for how how late we are. Uh, honestly, Luke, I the the game style thing today just sort of blew me blew me away. Um, Why GameStop is the market head? Because because I stepped away from my computer for like ten minutes. I stepped away. It was at you know two seventy, and I came back and it was back at two seventy. But in the meantime, it had fallen to one seventy two, and I was like, holy shit! So you have, you have to admit that was the most perfectly timed sound effect of that was all freaking time. That was really good. Oh, congrats! I mean, that was. That was really per- I'm becoming a professional on the soundboard. If there's any nightclubs that you guys know of that are hiring people to do sound effects, let me know. I'm getting pretty damn good at this thing. But all right, Spencer, all right. Pre- preview I, I, us the rest of the day. GameStop settling out here. Here's a one-day chart, one-minute candle. So each each red and green line here we have represents one one minute. Um, we're we're hanging out right around the the you know two sixty two seven. Oh, we're go right as I said that we're we're going. We're ripping above. I don't know, like a fifteen-minute high. So so obviously GameStop, the stock to watch today. Here, zoom you in. Here's some of that recent price action. But all right, what 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 do we have coming up uh, today, Mr. Spence? All right, I'm just making sure my soundboard works because it was it was on, but it wasn't it was on the right setting. Uh, okay, so I'm actually about to hop off the stream. I want to hop into our next show, uh, which is the ETF show. It's supposed to be a uh, half hour, but I'm going to go for an hour today. Ooh. And what I've got, I've got a really good guest, guys. Uh, at at 2:40, I've got Jamie Wise. If you guys have ever heard of uh, of a man whose name is Dave Portnoy, you may have heard that he is uh, part of a new ETF, the Buzz Whoa, ETF. So this is the guy behind the Portnoy Buzz ETF? This is the guy behind the Portnoy Buzz ETF. This is the brains of the operation. No Wait, hold on, hold on, Spencer. Yeah. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Holy crap, that was amazing. <laughs> that was an amazing I told play. you, nightclubs, hire me. <laughs> I'm looking for, for a career change. Um, but uh, uh, all right, so so you're having the guy who's behind the Portnoy Buzz ETF on. Yeah, yeah, um, it'll be in, at a, uh, in about 40 minutes, and and he I interviewed him back in like 2016, and a lot's changed since then. So uh, we're gonna ask him how this thing actually works, how his algorithms actually work. Uh, you know, what's it like having Dave Portnoy? Uh, you know, talk about your your ETF every other day or every day. Um, so and in the meantime. 
I'm just going to kind of go through what's going on in, in ETF land, right? Uh, I've been talking about wanting to buy a new ETF, uh, some sort of uh, infrastructure play, and I'm going to walk you through, you know, how I do some research for that. Uh, and then we'll take, we'll just hang out. We'll take questions from chat. We'll hang out. So I'm going to hop off. And, and when Luke ends this stream, it'll redirect it to my stream, which is about to start. So. We'll all right, so X-I-I, uh, uh, X-I-I-I, he's the one who gives us all the sounds, sends them over to us, um, you know, so so big shout out there. Uh, you are fake news. Yep, we got tons of them. Um, but all right, guys, previewing you tomorrow, and we're going to kick it over to Spencer's ETF show. Uh, I'm actually going to do my ETF portfolio. 70%, we look at the live portfolio every day. 70% of the assets in that portfolio are in ETFs. Um, so, so we're going to be talking about uh, uh, basically how I construct that portfolio, what's in it, um, why I, I choose that. We talk about the 30% that are like the rippy fun stocks that we like. Uh, but 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 we're, we're going to do the port, ETF portfolio breakdown tomorrow. We're going to talk Palantir. We didn't get to today. We're going to talk General Electric. And we're going to do covered calls. All that tomorrow, noon Eastern, 12 o'clock on this channel. Subscribe. Hit the subscribe button on the Benzinga, but, uh, on the Benzinga YouTube channel. We're going to do this thing, guys. We're, we're in it together. That's what Zinger Nation is all about. I appreciate you guys letting me do this all day, every day. In the chat, I'm going to spam the link over to Spencer's show. I, I hear him getting started now where he's going to do his ETF show. There it is. And, of course, I'm going to drop the link to my Twitter here, guys. Go ahead. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I try to post in you know, new stock ideas, some research I do on, on stocks. Uh, and, of course, I pull, always pull an analytics from Benzinga.com trying to figure out what are the most read stories, how can we use that to give us an edge, etc. So without further ado, guys, peace, salute, happy trading, happy GameStop, happy Roblox. We're going to hit it tomorrow, and I will see you all soon. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.